Welcome to the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast, a standalone 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is its own little adventure, so you can jump in whenever you like. So if it's your first foray into the fire, welcome, you've picked a hell of a week to do it. I am your DM this week, but pray tell, who do we have joining us for this adventure? Why? Who's that I see in the distance walking over towards me? It's Dr. Crud the Third. Well, hi there. Dr. Crud is a 20th level doctor. He is a loxodon. He is, stands at 8 feet 2 inches tall, 5 feet 2 inches wide. He ha- wears blue jeans, a white button-down shirt with a red tie. He has a leather lab coat with his name embroidered on the left lapel. He has a beans je- uh, pocket and a jenny pocket, both of which are empty. He uh, also has recently acquired a horse that he traded his two mundane horses to uh, the Sea Scouts because they were afraid of, what was the guy, what was his name? Ezekiel, the horse of infinite power, who now takes his carriage wherever it needs to go. And in addition to the carriage, he has built a add-on. He received a huge donation from both Mix, Mixie? Was it Mixie? Mini? What? Something like that. And, and, uh, oh Lord, I am blanking on names. Anyway, he received a huge donation. So he built a second story onto his carriage and has <laughs> given that to Beans as his lawyer's office. It says on it, Beans Esquire, you've tried the rest. You might as well try me. <laughs> Yeah, I will probably just say as beans. <laughs> that top floor is very prone to falling over. So the carriage does wobble quite a lot now, especially in high winds. It's got a high center of gravity now. Yeah, it's very dangerous. <laughs> Not that the other was, wasn't before, but hey. All right, who else do we have coming along the horizon? Well, I hear the squeaky-deaky wheels of Boltzmann. Greetings. Boltzmann is a giant brain in a jar who is uh, glowing blue and uh, is fitted with a contraption that has knobs and bells and whistles. He's got a big lit on top of his uh, tank. Uh, out of which uh, two arms protrude, which he uses to gesticulate as he talks and cast uh, magical spells. Uh, there's uh, some wheels that carry him around, and he's also got some uh, spider modifications that uh, Dr. Crud helped him install in his cybernetic body. Uh, Boltzmann is accompanied by his faithful manservant, Butler, best friend and therapist, Mr. Langley, a robotic chimpanzee who's got rocket feet and an assault rifle. (laughs) And his pet displacer beast, Miss Motoko, an eight-foot-long, six-legged, tentacled cat monster. Does he still have the mustache drawn on his tank? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Does he know about it yet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he does, but uh, Boltzmann actually had a mustache in real life, so uh, he feels it uh, adds to his uh, masculine energy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Langley uh, every night tries to wipe it off, um, 
but it, it keeps coming back every morning and no one knows how. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, who do we have burrowing up from the ground in a very oily mess? Whoa! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show once again, Mr. Furious Johnson! Hey, wow. What an introduction. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody. So yeah, Furious Johnson, I'm here. I'm a level 20 monk. Uh, I'm a dwarf, so I may be last, not least, but I probably am physically least out of what, we, what we're looking at here. Um, as we've said, I'm glistening, as I always am. I like to keep things lubricated. Um, wearing a nice pair of shiny purple trousers. Got a, myself a big pair of steel toe-capped hobnail boots that I like to do my kicking with. And as ever, raring to go. I am so glad you said that because, Furious, we're actually going to pick up the episode just with you on your own. Well, not quite you on your own. You are, at the moment, the scene fades in on an underground fighting arena. Um, the room is very dark, very wide, very circular, and filled to the brim with some very, very greasy dwarves. Uh, you are stood directly in the centre, uh, facing off against your opponent, who is also a very, very greasy dwarf. Um, this particular fighting arena, um, you have entered um, to win the top prize, and this is the final match of the entire tournament, in fact. Um, the top prize is a lifetime supply of McAllister's Extra Slippery Sports Oil. So... <laughs> This is where we pick up with Furious Johnson. <laughs> you've you've killed Furious. <laughs> oh, mate, we're we're ten seconds in. I'm like already can't talk. That's an interesting shade of red he's turned. <laughs> oh, it's just the oil. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh okay. wow. Well, I mean, it's a it's a dream prize. As soon as Furious heard that that was on the uh, that was on the, that was on the that was on the podium for for first place, he he could not wait to get down underground and get greasy with his dwarven brethren. Oh, absolutely! So, yeah, he's excited to be in the final. Oh, absolutely! It's been a it's been a tough match. You've um, seen quite a lot of um, your own uh, grease dwarf friends because you hang out. You've got like a a little um, after. You've got a club you all like to hang out at, right? You've, oh, it's um, a community. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. a community. We, I mean, uh, we, 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 we you, like to keep in touch. Yeah, you've got to grease There's each other up as well because, you know, you can't reach <laughs> that bit of your back, can you? <laughs> just certain places are just, are just out of control. There's actually also, there's more of us than you'd think. I mean, you, you tend to, maybe it's because we all look kind of similar. Um, you don't realise quite how many greased up dwarfs there are running around the uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the denzines of Nicomoy. But yeah, there's, there's a, quite a few of us. Yeah, so this is where we pick up with Furious. So what we're going to do, Furious, just you and I quickly, is just have a quick um, tussle as Greasy Dwarven Brethren. Uh, <laughs> You've been looking forward to this, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do is just th uh, three quick rounds. Um, we're going to have a uh, just a, a comp... Like, just a combative um, skill challenge. Just you and me. Uh, roll your attack, I think. 
um, and then you roll your attack. Uh, you see if you can you hit me, and then I'll uh, roll to hit you. First one to three wins the lifetime supply of extra slippery sports oil. This wow. is a dream, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually mm. nervous. My little dwarven heart is pumping. Okay. Um, furious. Actually, we'll just uh, start off. What is your AC? Just give me give me a number to beat, and then I'll give you my number to beat. AC sixteen. Okay, 16 for you, and then you will have to beat an 18. This is a slightly hencher dwarf than you are. Ooh. Just with your attack. Cheeky. So, so I roll a 17 to hit on my first. Oh, okay. So so you're, um, <laughs> you swing out your leg for a quick roundhouse, but the dwarf ducks beneath your leg, and you start spinning around and... This dwarf follows up, but rolls a 15. So you're spinning too quickly. You <laughs> duck your head out of the way. The momentum of my kick drags me round and he uh, drags me down and underneath his, 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 his counterpunch. Yeah. Dangerous times. That is a 19 to hit. 19. Okay. What does this hit look like? Uh, this hit. So we're, we're following round with the roundhouse being a, t- a top, top agile and dexterous monk, even though I missed my first shot. I'm able to follow around and, and come back again. So this is a 360 degree roundhouse kick, uh, and it and it catches the guy in this in the in his in his left knee and just makes him buckle and falls down on one knee to the ground. Oof. But while down on the ground, um, he grabs some dirt from the floor, starts to play dirty, and throws some up into your face because we rolled a 19 to hit. So one all, one all, ladies and gentlemen, this is a top class. And there are commentators uh, off to the side, by the way. They've also been um, (laughs) trying to keep up with the day's event. So they're like shouting and going crazy. And they're like, oh, this is some of the best uh, dwarf wrestling we've ever seen in these parts. I'm so covered in oil. It is so hot and sweaty down here, but I'm loving every second of it. Uh, it's, it's, It's almost too exciting. And, oh, we've, we've got a six. Oh, a six with your modifiers. Um, yeah, no, well, nat, nat one plus a, and a plus Ooh. five. Oh, okay. That, uh, that, you've got more than <laughs> a plus five to your, to your attacks. What's that? You're, you've got more than a plus five to your attacks. You're a level 20 monk. Dexterity modifier plus five, no? Plus your proficiency. That's plus, plus eleven in total. You... Where's my proficiency? Uh, yeah, it's, it's plus a plus six. six. So you, you've got a plus eleven to attack. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. I need to play more of these games, man, to get my rules up again. <laughs> yeah, no. So I've got. I've been counting plus five for every attack there. When actually, yeah, it's a plus eleven. In the, okay, so in that the... first hit actually did happen. So we'll we'll retcon it a little bit. And that particular punch, while it seemed like it didn't do anything, actually. Uh, clipped uh, your opponent dwarf's ear and it's only taken effect now after taking a couple of steps because it's like such a high level move that after throwing um, the dirt in your eye you've like fallen backwards uh, almost blinded but this dwarf has like suddenly clutched his hand to his ear and go ah ah so it's Excellent. so painful a little trickle of blood going down the side <laughs> of his face as I've burst his eardrum yeah. and lost all his balance. So we're on 2-1. However, this dwarf does look 
fairly angry, and we've rolled a 25 to hit. Ouch. So That's this, a definite connect. So this dwarf, like, well, bellowing in pain, like, dives on the ground towards you and starts, like, <laughs> comes down with a... I'm not really sure of wrestling moves, so I'm going to guess um, pile driver. Just slams his elbow into you, knocks the wind out of you, and you're lying, gasping on the floor, and the score is 2-2. Next hit wins. Next hit wins. Let's have something special. Come on, the dice. 19, that's a 30. Oh, fantastic. That's a big that, hit. That'll do it. What does this look like? How do you win the championship from this position? So, so with with me scraping the dust out of my eyes, winded from the elbow to the solar plexus, but the, my, my opponent is also rolling around screaming in agony as his burst eardrum is, is bleeding out the side of his head. I take my chance, jump on top of him, grab his head in both hands and just slam it into the back of the ground and watch him go spark out unconscious in an instant. And the crowd, will you believe it, goes absolutely bananas. Uh, they're screaming from everywhere. You are piled on top of by at least... Hang on a second. 16 very greasy dwarves. Was that... Were you working out the tearing system of the... Yeah, I, the, I just rolled the, a d20. The <laughs> okay. This is, this is possibly the biggest, greasiest dwarven mess that that furious johnson has ever been part of and he is both shocked and overwhelmed by his victory but um also feels um uh, <laughs> slightly uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for oh i'd say you you're like thrilled and a bit overwhelmed maybe thrilled thrilled overwhelmed and a tiny bit violated <laughs> well, it's the best best situation for Furious then, isn't it? Hey, he's, he's loving it. It's great. He's loving it. Um, as the dog pile starts to uh, slide off one another, because it's very hot and greasy, that it's not going to stay there for too long. Uh, the event organizers lift you up and lead you over to the podium, um, put a, a medal over your shoulders, hold your arms up to your adoring crowd, and they whip um, sheets off. Two enormous vats of sports oil, which to any normal dwarf should last a lifetime. But to you, you reckon you can probably get through it in about 15 years. <laughs> you may just have to come back. <laughs> I, will, I will be back in 15 years for round number two once this, once this, once this stuff finally runs out. But it's wonderful. Now I just need to have uh, some way of holding it. Mm. However, we can worry about that later. Um, you see, as you're standing there with your arms held up in triumph, a single lone figure making their way through the crowd. And as they get to the front, you see that this is a robotic monkey. And they hold out to you a shining black flat stone. Interesting. Mr. Langley, do I recognise you? Uh, yes, this does appear, certainly appear to be Mr. Langley, um, Boltzmann's stalwart uh, robotic monkey manservant. So Furious Johnson uh, uh, reaches out to grab a quick towel that's just, just to the side because, again, he is super-duper greasy. Well, yeah. um, but he's interested in what this little black uh, object is on the tray in front of him. Picks it up and has a much, much closer look. Um, once your hand touches it, the... Uh, Blackstone glows blue and a voice rings out in Boltzmann's 
uh, voice, in fact, which says, Furious, my friend, I need to see you at my residence immediately. It is of the utmost importance, so towel yourself up and get here immediately. <laughs> so on that note, Furious uh, uh, turns around to his dwarven brethren, waves his hand, says, thank you, boys and girls. I will enjoy my vat of sport lubrication, and I look forward to seeing you again in 15 years' time for round two. Everyone screams in delight as you uh, walk off. And we are going to cut the scene over towards, we're going to zoom out um, of this underground fighting arena and go over to Crud's house, where Crud is sat in a, what do you have, a rocking chair? Crud, a very wide rocking chair in front of the fire. What What actually does Crud's house look like? Uh, Crud lives in the Crud, Dr. Crud III, I should say, lives in Crud Manor. That is where all the Cruds live. It is a huge, sprawling uh, mansion that uh, the senior Crud built with uh, with his husband. And so, yeah, that's where all the Cruds live. So it is uh, at least 30 rooms. Okay, good. Um, pretty enormous then. Uh, Crud. You are sat uh, in a rocking chair in front of the fire. Um, on the carpet in front of you um, is uh, both Jenny and Beans. Um, Jenny seems to be drawing something on some parchment, um, and Beans is filling out some sort of form, um, and those two are kind of like whispering together, and um, Beans occasionally shows uh, Jenny what he's writing. Uh, but you can't quite... Um, hear what they're whispering at the moment even with these big old ears even with those big old ears yeah um because remember jenny also has some big old ears and she's kind of like um occasionally just moving some of her big old ears in the way to try and block some some of the sound it doesn't always work but you know you get the idea that they're trying to not quite hide something from you but they're trying to uh prepare something yeah, well, now that uh, Jenny is a moody teenager, it's not surprising at all. Well, no, of course not. Um, however, um, at that moment, there is a knock at the door and uh, Beans uh, gets up to go and answer it. So he leaves the room and wanders down however many flights of stairs you're currently up or however many rooms you've got to go through in this entire <laughs> mansion to get to the front door. Um while he's gone, though, uh, Jenny will uh, look up from her drawing and just uh, wander over to sit next to you. And she says, uh, Mother, um, I have something to tell you. And I, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't really want Beans to be here to, um, to, to say this. I mean, he, he already knows. We've been working on it together. Um, but... You know, after everything with, um, you know, what happened before with, uh, you know, the time dragon and me running away and uh, this all happened, uh, listeners, in the episode Out of Time from a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to jog up on your knowledge? Jenny is now a teenager. Um, Yeah, she's like, "Um, so I've been thinking about what I want to do for, you know, my future and I want to join the fire breathing kittens i want to be part of your guild um 
And that's why I want to apply to adventuring school um, here in Nicomoy. And so that's what we've been working on, me and Beans. We've been filling out the forms and um, I actually have an interview next week. Dr. Crud puts down the worm poncho that he's making for Beans and looks at her, thinks for a second, puts his arms around her and says, Oh, Jenny, I'm so proud of you. Oh, really? I, 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 I wasn't expecting this. I, I thought I'd have to convince you or, um, you know, try and, um, you know, but, but thank you. I'm just so happy um, that you've, you've, you, you've changed your mind and let me, let me go. What? You're joining the guild. You're not going anywhere. I'm just, well, you're staying here where I can keep an eye on you by joining <laughs> the guild. I mean, that's it. We're working together. It's about both the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I, that's kind of why like, I, I do want a bit of um, like advice from you and have some, well, th- this is what I've been working on. And she um, picks up the piece of paper from the fire um, and she shows you um, a quite crude drawing, but you get the idea that it seems to be some sort of like um, leather tabard. So it was um, something just to go over her front um, for like some armor defense kind of deal. Even though she is kind of basically half dragon, um, there are some, you know, you don't have quite as many scales on your belly, so it's quite uh, not super defended on that area. So she's just um, figured out a little uh, defensive, like, leather um, portion to go over that. And uh, what she's drew- drawn on that um, are is a uh, an elephant tusk in the middle um, with two snakes um, entwining it around the edge. So it's very much like your... Um, like kind of medical doctory symbols, but with an elephant tusk in the middle, and uh, she's like, "So this is what I want to wear um, when I go out adventuring, because as you, you know, you know for you, very well for yourself, you end up going like almost all over the world or like all over the country. You off for weeks at a time, and I just want that, you know." Wherever I go and however long I'm away, that I just want to spend, you know, I just want to be able to, you know, remember you and take you with me wherever I can. Well, that's awful sweet, but don't you think that's a bit revealing? You you want to maybe, you know, use more material? Oh, well, I mean, this isn't quite to scale. This is just a design thing. We'll, 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 we'll figure out the actual fitting a bit later. Um, but as you can see, there's a bit, there's a little space at the bottom and, um, if it's okay with you, I just want like a couple of words of like advice from you that I can just get inscribed on in the bottom. So every time I look at it, I can remember uh, my brave mother and how he, uh, you know, taught me to be strong and brave and kind, and to never sit back when I see something wrong with the world. Couple of words. Don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank, thanks, Mother. I'm sure the, the other kids will be thrilled when they all read this. But, yeah, I, I, I just want, because, yeah, I've got my interview next week, and you know how things move pretty quickly. Um, I could start adventuring maybe with the guilds, I don't know, in the next couple of weeks, maybe, who knows. Um, yeah, I, I just want to, you to know, like, now, while, you know, Beans isn't here, and 
you know, all the other cruds are running off some scam somewhere. Um, I just want you to know that, you know, wherever I go in the world um, and whatever sights I see, Mother, uh, you know, this Nick and Moy and you will always be my home. You will always be my mother and I will always love you. I will always love you, too. And you know our telepathic bond. If you ever need help, all you got to do is send me a picture in my brain of where exactly you're at. And me and my new horsey will be right there. Okay. Uh, that that also happens if I see something cool, right? And I just want to share it. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. And uh, she gives you a, a big old hug because that is one of the many things she has acquired from you is the power for amazing if brutal hugs <laughs> yep uh and actually because of crud's new amulet his hugs are now magical so she can reroll one saving throw they make she has to make in the next eight hours <laughs> okay i'm not sure it'll come up but i'll bear it in mind <laughs> Um, at that moment, uh, Beans wanders back into the room, um, holding a black uh, black stone, a circle, uh, once again that we've seen earlier, and was like, "So there was this weird, like, monkey butler. I think it was one of Boltzmann's things. Just gave me this, and said nothing else, and just wandered off. So it was kind of awkward, but I I think it was for you." I, I, I tried scratching it. It didn't like it. It shocked me. Oh, it did? Yeah, that's probably yeah. Boltzmann. He's probably still looking for revenge, but uh, we'll see. Well, do you want it? Yeah, sure. I'll take it. Here, let me give you your new poncho. I just put in the worm pocket. Ooh, yay. Yeah. You you remember that worm I killed I not do. too long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah this the is little made worm. out of it. Well, no, the one the I killed, anus? the big one. Yeah, so I I, oh, I grabbed the, the anus one. out of it. I grabbed the anus out of it, and I made this poncho for you. I mean, it's it's hard not to see that as like a passive aggressive <laughs> kind of thing, isn't it? Well, it's it is the perfect part of the body to make a poncho out of because the sphincter just fits over the head really nice and easy. Well, yes, but is it, it is also like a bit of a kick in the teeth to my little worm baby. Now I made this so you can. I, Identify with the worm baby more so she'll imprint on you because without the fur, with you with all your fur, it's hard for a worm to imprint. But now that you're gonna have a skin, it'll be easier. They'll sniff the little the little worm anus and go, Oh, this is this is just like me. Uh Jenny looks over and is like, Is that what you did to me? No. <laughs> your pocket was made out of leather. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Beans is like I mean, Beans trust you, so he's like, okay. <laughs> and and you're sure they're not going to laugh at me because I'm wearing worm butts? <laughs> I, I can't speak for everybody, but I will never laugh at you. Okay, but... Hey, just don't tell them it's a worm anus. Oh, don't tell them. I've never thought of that before. It, I put this little pocket in there for the worm. Your Ooh, little worm. That is... Little wind pockets, that'll be very handy. Thank you, Krat. You're welcome. All right, let's take a look at the stone. Um, the stone, when you take it um, from beans, lights up blue once again, and Boltzmann's voice once again rings out. Uh, that says, 
Crudge, my dear fellow, I have an urgent matter at my home. Sorry, Dr. Crud. The third. I'm assuming you're correcting my language at the moment. I have an urgent matter at my home, and I require your presence post-haste. I've, in- I've also enclosed some shiny string to keep beans busy. And at that moment, some shiny string appears in the air just above uh, the stone. And seeing it, beans like leaps straight towards it, grabs the string and starts rolling around on the ground. With it. Oh, oh, string. Yes, yes, yes. Shame. Oh, it smells like fish too. <laughs> ah, well, let's go see what this guy wants. I'm not repeating that. That was perfect, Boltzmann. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera will zoom right out of Crud's uh, mansion. I'm, it's very much like the uh, Grand Theft Auto V camera, where it just zooms straight out and you can see the world. And then it zooms straight back into uh, Boltzmann's uh, study. So, Boltzmann, you are not quite sat, but you are... Uh, your wheels are reclined in a lazy manner. Um, you're, you have a load of different um, bags of nutrients surrounding you, and you have like small little pipes which uh, travel from those bags into your um, brain fluid, which is just replenishing you with nutrients at the moment. Um, and at that time, uh, Mr. Langley opens the door into your um, room, uh, walks towards you with a a newspaper in hand. This is uh, this morning's edition of the Nicomoy Gazette um, in his hands, and he sets it uh, down on the table beside you. Um, however, he does look, um, obviously he doesn't say anything, but he does look somewhat concerned. And as he walks away, you look down at the newspaper in question, and on the front page is um, the headline, Genius, Long Thought Dead. Alive and well. And the subtitle underneath it says, Stanwood Caviar, eccentric inventor and technological pioneer, returns home after being presumed dead for years. What? What is this nonsense, Mr. Langley? Who delivered this paper? It must be some sort of forgery. Uh, Mr. Langley is, you know, <laughs> has one hand on the door and looks back at you and s- seems a bit confused a bit, um, concerned, and then almost appears to stare into the middle distance before quietly leaving the room. Now that was uncanny. I should uh, think twice before making all my friends at least partially robotic. Let's <laughs> see. Boltzmann starts unscrewing all these tubes uh, that are uh, going into his brain tank. And uh, wants to look at this paper as he gets up out of his reclining mode into uh, a more aggressive stance. And um, presses this paper up against his glass to uh, to see if there's any pictures and what the article says. Okay, uh, the article says, The residents of Jishope are shocked at the surprise return of Stanwood Caviar, inventor and founder of sufficiently advanced technologies. Caviar disappeared from the city almost two years ago, reported dead by his sister after discovering his boneless and brainless body. 
Physicians at the time had diagnosed caviar with teleporting bone disease and declared that the disease had finally beaten the eccentric mind behind the animal magnet, a magnet that attracted various types of animals depending on whether they were cold-blooded or warm-blooded. However, it would appear that the brain is mightier than the body, as late on Tuesday night, Stanwood Caviar himself returned to his family home in Jishope to much surprise and amazement. His sister Charwick is, is currently running a series of tests on the famed inventor, but says that early results do indeed indicate that her brother is back with his body intact and in perfect working order. She said to our reporter when asked, It's absolutely incredible. We all thought he was dead, that his terrible disease had gotten the better of him. We didn't part on the best of terms, so I'm absolutely thrilled that I can have my brother back, and he seems better than ever, a new man indeed. He says he'll be ready to return to public life any day now, and is looking forward to sharing his new ideas. Meanwhile, Charwig has announced that this year's SATCON will be moved forward to celebrate her brother's return, and encourages the whole scientific community to attend. It'll be something truly special, she teased to reporters. More on this story as it develops. I cannot let this happen. I must go to the SATCON. What is going on here? This is highly unusual. Miss Motoko, please fetch my bags. You cannot do that. Get Mr. Langney, please. I must go. I must go to Jishope. Uh, Somebody uh, she appears nods. to have... She nods, I guess, and runs out of the room. <laughs> Boltzmann starts uh, uh, pacing up and down, deep in thought. Uh, this is strange. Uh, very strange. And uh, uh, I guess he will try to think of any any way in which this could have happened using his, his uh, skills in arcana, nature, medicine, what have you. Okay, um, give me a... Uh... Actually, do you, do you want to go the Arcana route, or do you want to go the Nature route? Um, I mean, he's a level 20 wizard slash artificer. At this point, they kind of blend together, right? <laughs> uh, I guess Boltzmann uh, tends to be a little bit limited in his thoughts, and will go Arcana, uh, because he, he, that's that's usually the, the solution to problems. Okay, give me an Arcana check, then. Uh, that's a 3 plus 22 for a total of 25. Okay, uh, just quickly, would the other two players mind taking off their headphones real quick? Yes. I mind. Okay. I've oh, just got to say oh, one word to him. Fine. <laughs> Imposter. That is the word that runs through your head as you read about this person. But who? However, as you are pacing dramatically in your study, um, the doorbell rings um, and a couple of minutes later, uh, Mr. Langley opens the door, uh, stood uh, next to Crud, well, sorry, Dr. Crud III and Furious Johnson uh, looking expectantly at you, uh, both of whom having, uh, holding these uh, stone black discs in their hands. However, the thing is, Boltzmann, you didn't send these out. Really quick, on the way up, Dr. Crud does say to uh, Furious, look, I think this guy's trying to murder me, so just watch my back, okay? <laughs> I got you, Dr. Crud. Don't you worry about it. 
Thank you. Thank you. Furious Johnson, Dr. Grubb III, welcome to my humble abode. You were fetched here by Doc... by... by Mr. Langley. What are these... these arcane devices you're holding? Uh, well, we got messages from you saying, come here. What do you want? Uh, Mr. Langley is always on top of things and... and... almost reading my mind to a degree where he will help even if... I haven't told him to, but he is not capable of reproducing my voice, nor my vocal patterns. It it definitely was your voice. I recognise that 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 that, that, that tone anywhere. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Mr. Langley. I mean, how many how, how many robotic monkey butlers are there in the world? Mr. Langley, have you brought these devices to Furious Johnson and Doctor Crudd the Third? Uh, Mr. Langley looks. I'm just trying to think what I'm doing the the expression with my own face. I'm trying to describe it. Um, <laughs> Mr. Langley furrows his mechanical brow and looks deep in thought um, before once again, while shaking his head um, rather dejectedly uh, before leaving the room. There's something definitely that, seems up with him, but that's once not, again, something strange is happening, gentlemen. Do you mind if I have a look at that device? Dr. Thread throws his at him. I will cast Same. the Catch. Ident- identify spell on uh, on one of these devices. Okay, um, so these, aside from glowing blue, are very much just uh, circular slabs of like obsidian. Um, you use them very much uh, yourself when it comes to just um, relaying quick messages to other people just le- leaving like voice notes effectively um so yeah they're, they're very much like exactly the way you would do them but you have no memory of doing these gentlemen something strange is going on i can think of two main possibilities the first being i have sent you messages and then erased my own memory for some reason that i did not want myself to know the second being there is some imposter out there who is not me, but is some type of boltsman. Gentlemen. You, you mean there's there's two brains in jars walking around this place? It's very possible, but the second brain might not be in a jar. And Boltzmann grabs the newspaper and uh, holds it up. Is there a picture? Uh yeah, yeah, there is a picture. Um it's uh it's not a recent picture. Um because Stan McCaviar has only just returned to Jishope. Um It's an old, like, um, photo of him shaking hands with, I mean, let's say the mayor of Jishope, um holding up, like, um, some new technology that's just been developed which will help the sewers run more efficiently, let's say. <laughs> Read this article, Dr. Crud. Dr. Credit looks at the newspaper. Oh, the Necromancers won three to two last night. That's really cool. <laughs> no, no, the other one, the one about Stanwood Caviar, the eccentric, brilliant inventor slash bioengineer that went missing two years ago. Oh, uh, okay. Do you know this guy? I know this guy because this guy is me. Um, no, you're you. Dr. Crud, Boltzmann is an alias. I used to be Stanward Caviar. 
before uh, uh, an attempt was made at my life, I believe. I was suffering from uh, from a host of very deadly diseases uh, at the time. One of the uh, one of the most serious was osteobilitis teleportans, which you know, of course, uh, is is known to laymen as teleporting bone disease. My bones would just disappear randomly, and nobody knew where they went. I was uh, impaired in bed, and an assassin charged into my room and tried to. Murder me, swinging a knife around. So I did what any wise man would do, and I activated a hidden device that teleported my very brain out of its body into a glass tank I had prepared for just such a, an occasion. I fled just open, washed up in Nicomoy a few months later. Yeah, anybody would do that. I mean, I got my brain button right here. So, Dr. Crud, this here is not my brain, although it might be my body. So, if I'm understanding you correctly, you want us to go hunt him down and you want me to put your brain in his head? I believe that my current body is far more powerful than my previous one, but somebody has taken my old body and is pretending to be me. I can presume it can only be for nefarious purposes. Furious, what do you think? You think this guy's got Alzheimer's or something? I, I, well, I, I, I don't know what's going on right now, quite frankly. So, what you're telling me, Boltzmann, is you're, you're, someone else has put their brain inside your old body. Is that really what's happening here? That's definitely one of the possibilities. Well, how, uh, my body how could many also people... have been cloned. Oh, good lord! Somebody oh, who why... could have created a magical simulacrum of myself. <laughs> why do you uh, clever people always have to? piss around with all this complicated technology stuff why can't you just leave things be and leave your own brains in your own bodies it, it blows my mind it really does so who what kind of people might have the the ability to do some brain switching like you do boltzmann you must know in your sort of brainy scientific community the kind of people that could do this kind of thing boltzmann starts uh, rubbing his uh, drawn on mustache and uh, basing <laughs> rolling around a room hmm who would have the possibility to perform such a feat? There's certainly nobody of equal intellect as, as myself, except, of course, my my twin sister. But there might be any number of competitors who have used my own technology against me. Hmm. I see. So, well, in that case, then, all we can really do is try and track this, this guy down, can't we? Try and find him and ask him some serious questions. Probably with my boot on his neck. That would seem a prudent course of action. Uh, gentlemen, did Mr. Langley seem strange to you too? The guy's a walking robotic monkey. He Every single time I've seen him, he seemed pretty strange to me. <laughs> I, I didn't see him. Beans saw him. You'd have to ask Beans. Well, he did. He did get some shiny string out of it, so he's happy. Boltzmann uh, looks at the paper again. Shiny string. This impersonator, whoever they might be, have my problem-solving abilities down to attack. Hmm. Uh, I look at the paper. Is that does it say when Setgun is? Um, it just says it'll be moved up. However, um, you, with your memory of your past life, uh, knew that this was a yearly event that you'd only just started uh, putting on before your. A terrible affliction 
really started to take root. This was a, a convention uh, you put on to gather the foremost scientific minds of the world, in fact, into one place so you could, um, well, you told people it was about uh, fostering scientific consensus and, um, you know, making new things even better. But secretly, it was about scoping out the competition and trying to figure out who might, um, you know, be getting the better of you and you can quietly take them out or undercut them or steal some of their technology. Um, usually, yeah, the that would have been a summer thing for you, um, but apparently it's been moved up. So you're thinking it's probably quite a last minute thing. Maybe it's happening quite soon, in fact. Gentlemen, the world of science is run by brigands and cutthroats. We, well, at least I must go to Satcon to, to, if not set this straight, at least figure out what happened. Would you, would you accompany me? Ah, uh, what, what you pay him? I, uh, Boltzmann is, is thinking because, uh, he doesn't carry a lot of cash around. He puts everything <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, Dr. Crud. If you think in terms of money, you are thinking in terms of limits. I am not omnipotent. There's there's very little I could not do for you. So if I say that I owe you one, that's worth more than any sum of money you could possibly imagine. I, I'm not just thinking of money terms. You mean you can keep upgrading my cart? I mean, <laughs> geez, you, what do you take me for, Mister Omniscient Guy? I take you for an intelligent man, Dr. Crud. How about you, Furious? Might I say you look particularly shiny today? <laughs> the Furious, uh, Furious just shrugs and says, hey, well, look, I've just won myself a 15-year lifetime supply of, of sports lubrication. I, uh, I pretty much have everything I need in the world, so, and I have nothing better to do for the next few days. So, hey. I'm in. Lead the way. I'll follow. Let's see what goes down. However, I have to say, I don't like scientists. I never have done. So I can't promise to be nice. Uh, you Both do realize the two of us count as scientists. I, uh, well, <laughs> so, so don't, don't take that personally. Don't take that personally. I've got to know you two guys over our many, many, many adventures together. Um, so I, you know, I understand it. I don't really think of you two as scientists particularly. I mean, Boltzmann... Boltzmann, I've always had to look at you slightly askew because you're clearly an odd one. But but Dr. Crudge, you're a, you're a doctor. Doctors doctors transcend science. I have two doctorates. <laughs> well, okay. Medical doctors. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't trust. I don't trust <laughs> scientists that I don't know. Would you like and me frankly, to go Boltzmann, ahead? All you've ever done in my in your in your in our interactions together is prove that that's probably a sensible thing. <laughs> Would you like me to go ahead and surgically remove that foot from your mouth? Nope, nope. I like my foot firmly where it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> you see what I mean? The scientists always, always trying to f with. <laughs> Leave me alone, gentlemen. I would suggest that we uh, travel to Jisho post haste. There's more information that could be gathered, but I don't see how any of this could be dangerous. I am incognito, being a brain in a jar. And I don't think anybody in Jishope or anybody at Satcon will have heard of you. Are you prolific in the scientific community, Dr. Crud? Everybody knows me. Yeah, but not in a good way. Hey, now. <laughs> you don't need to be main voice from the sky. All right. I will uh, call up Mr. Langley. 
to see if he still commands, if he still obeys my commands, and uh, I can teleport us there straight away. Unless you want to take your car, Dr. Crud. We can. I mean, I can teleport us with my cargo over there, too. Teleportation, brothers. Well, let's uh, go for that option, then. That's what uh, Ezekiel, the horse of infinite power, is good for, after all. Yeah, I just call him horsey. <laughs> so shall we travel to Jishob? All right, all right. I-, I will help you with your imaginary quest. Dr. Crud, you... Do not feel obliged on my account to to uh, come with us. However, your medical expertise would be very much appreciated, and you are the only person to ever have knocked me out. I already said it all right, right? So why are you still trying to convince me? I am just telling you that I appreciate your presence. No, you're trying to convince me still. Now you just told me you appreciate my presence. All right, let's go then. Ta-ta! Off to the cart! <laughs> okay, uh, you make your way downstairs out of the front door. Uh, Mr. Langley is still there, uh, opens all the doors for you, uh, and Boltzmann, you know, un- um, unfolds all the ramps you need to get down, all those stairs, um, and lets Boltzmann you out has of an elevator in his door. own house. <laughs> but you still need the ramps, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get in the cart, yeah. Yeah, like all the building contractors you've had around have... Got- Every single time gone, you really need a ramp on those stairs, you know. And you've put can, them in simply just to shut them up. Uh, can I have a quick quick look see at Mr. Langley to see if anything is odd about him? Uh, yes, you certainly can. Make me an investigation check. Okay. I get advantage on those. Well, I, I would have given you advantage anyway, considering as your monkey butler. <laughs> it's a 35 total. Okay. Uh, physically, nothing seems to be wrong with him so he looks like in perfect working order you take uh, like the back plate off just to have a route around in some of the wires it all seems absolutely fine um, but I think if you delved into like the coding of his brain matrix and uh, there's a little panel and you can plug yourself in um, there does seem to be something like new in there you can't quite put your spider legs on it but there seems to be some like new subroutine that's started to take place. Certainly something that you've never programmed in, but doesn't seem to have been placed there. It's almost like it's started to develop naturally. Hmm. I will definitely still take Mr. Langley along because I'm very curious about what this is. And uh, I'm looking forward to when it starts doing more than just be there. So out of scientific curiosity, I... Uh, Make sure he uh, hops along in the cart. Okay, yeah. He, he comes along without um, too much persuading. Uh, so out the front of um, Boltzmann's place is Ezekiel the Wonder Horse and uh, Crud's cart of magical mystery and malpractice. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> um, so as, as you um, wander up to the front, uh, Ezekiel... Um, points his little horse face towards all you and says, Hello, where are we going today? Well, all Baltimore has, Baltimore, all you got to do is picture your front yard and hit the red button. Okay, okay, horsey, just whatever's in his brain, root around, crap, back, pass the crap and get the picture. 
Back to Crowther I know how a teleportation spell works. Yeah, but not the horsey. Well, you did create this one, didn't you? I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, just do your thing. Furious, Thank why don't you. you go slide in? Just slide in. <laughs> slide Furious in. Furious dives in head first, slides the length of the carriage up to the front seat. <laughs> does, does the horse say anything else? Um, after Crud um, tells him to just go into your brain, he looks at Crud and goes, With all due respect, Dr. Crud, it's a very weird brain. I might get lost in there. I, I know. Just do your best. Just be careful. And you, you, you know my brain. If you get lost, just, just concentrate on my brain. You'll be able to come right, right out, all right? I will see what I can do. Hop in. Hopefully it won't be too much of a bumpy ride. I've eaten a lot of cookies, you see. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know why Baltimore gave you that diet, but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Superior brains function very differently from uh, normal ones, and uh, they require high caloric intakes. So uh, this horse does run on cookies, indeed. Yes, but putting them out again afterwards is a nightmare. I don't know how you kid him out whole. That's just weird. <laughs> Me neither. It's something to be investigated at a later date, I think. That's something but, for next season. Well, it does make it convenient. We just recycle the same cookie over and over. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it's okay. They're tasty. All right, then. Yeah. Okay, so just roll me through. I'm just reaching over to grab my D10s because I don't use them much. So just remind me about the rules of teleportation. Also, remind the listeners, because they might not be au fait with... Because I've got to roll a D100, uh, just to see how close you get. Yes, I an, so... I have an action um, D100 I can roll. No, it's okay. I've managed to find mine. So, uh, teleportation allows uh, you and up to eight willing creatures to teleport to a destination that's known to you uh, on the same plane of existence. So... Boltzmann will uh, will keep in mind a location in Jishop that's very familiar to him, not his place, because I think he was living in a in a, in a high rise building. So uh, you don't want to. <laughs> you, sure. you, you don't want to appear in your bedroom. <laughs> I uh, believe it would be better to keep a bit of a low profile and not appear with a horse and a two story free medical clinic in the luxury apartment. Or if we miss 200 yards up in the air. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Baltimore will uh, think of like a main, uh, like like the, the Wall Street of just show. Okay. All right. And just give me a quick rundown of the numbers I need to rock because you can get the I'm, I'm, you know, you're very familiar with this place, Boltzmann. You don't, you won't have an issue, but there'll be a, there will be a number which is, you know, like, yeah, I need to hit a twenty-five, just a to twenty-five get... on the G one hundred, uh, okay. to get on target. Okay, and then uh, is it a case of the higher the number, the more off target, or or on uh, low numbers are are bad? So low bad, okay. Yeah. Okay, so. The carriage with uh, Ezekiel, the Wonder Horse, um, disappears into nothingness as you all travel through the abyss to Jishope. 
And that's where we'll end this part of this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Thank you for joining us. We, we, we will be back in just a few moments, but disappearing into the abyss with us were Boltzmann. Goodbye, everyone. We will find this imposter if it's the last thing that my brain does. It might be. Uh, Furious Johnson. Well, this is my first time in the abyss, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I just, just hope we come out the other side. Yeah, you're sliding all over the place. It's madness in there. And Dr. Crud the Third. He doesn't want to tell us what happened because he rolled a one. Well, it also just happened to be a good point to, <laughs> point to end it. But you'll find out what happens in the next part of the episode. We'll see you in a moment. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Welcome back to the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. This is part two. We are once again graciously joined by the venerable Dr. Crud Third. Howdy. And also we have his uh, two lackeys here. So we have Boltzmann. Hello. And Furious Johnson. Oh, goddamn scientists. What's going to happen next? <laughs> well, let's find out. Um, uh, well, Dr. Crud, would you mind just giving us a quick recap? And by quick, I do mean quick. So speed run, speed run this um, recap. <laughs> well, Furious got into a little bit of a tussle, tussle with other slippery dwarves. He won. And he now gets a lifetime supply of 15 years of gooey stuff to spread all over his body. Woo! Uh, Dr. Crud was in his house with Beans and Jenny. And Jenny announced that she wanted to join the guild. And Dr. Crud also presented Beans with a sphincter overcoat thing to wear with for his worm baby. And then we, and then, uh, Boltzmann got a newspaper that apparently his old body has been hijacked by some person thing, what, whatchamacallit, and he's pretty pissed about it. And then we all decided to go, well, Boltzmann wants us to go investigate, but I, Dr. Crud thinks it's just an Alzheimer's setting in, but we'll see. Okay, and the last we saw of our famed adventure heroes, they were teleporting in Crud's uh, magical mystery machine uh, with Ezekiel the Wonder Horse over towards Jishope. And that's where we pick up now because um, <laughs> despite popular belief among the, the podcasting community, <laughs> we did actually roll on target. So um, you land... Um, just on the outskirts of Jishope, actually, just outside the city walls, um, you are, you, you've managed to uh, land directly in a queue to get into the city. Um, so you're just on this road, um, up to the city gates. And if you look out of the window, you see a line of similar carriages, nothing quite as ridiculous as what you're currently sitting in, <laughs> but, um, you have... There's a long line of carriages, each um, filled 
with similarly um, looking like weird like brass instruments and whizzing things and occasionally like fireworks go off uh, in the back. So a lot of the horses get startled. So there definitely seems to be some sort of, you know, um, hold up going on. But the queue does eventually start moving again. And once um, you get to the city gates, a guard holds up his hand and stops uh, the carriage. And Ezekiel looks at the guard and says, Hello, who are you? And the guard looks frankly quite terrified because he's just come across a talking horse. Um, so he walks up to the window a bit scared and says, All right, um, sorry, I'm just taking um, inventory. We get a lot of um, weirdos coming in, especially you know, for, for this satcon. Uh, we just need to make sure you're not bringing anything dangerous into the, the city, are you? What do you mean, dangerous? No. Uh, I, I, I'm Dr. Crud. This is a brain in a jar, and that's a slippery dwarf. Do we look dangerous? Well, you, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff we've had to we've had to try and confiscate. There's been a, or what was it? It was a it was an attempted like rocket, but it was powered by dreams, and uh, there was this uh, weird spinning uh, axe that shouted insults at you. It's still backstage. It's talking, uh, it's talking our ear off. Trust me. An axe that shouts insults at you. People have been stealing my ideas. This is very concerning. Well, I'm not one to judge, but right, that that thing's a nightmare. Let me tell you. Anyway, I mean, I'm just just filling stuff. Um, just hands uh, a form through the window, just to yeah, just fill in your like names and um, just so we know you you're in here and just like any uh like instruments or inventions you've brought with you, just uh stick them on the form. Uh, declare them just so if they turn up in any uh, future police investigations, we know who to who to try and contact. Dr. Crud puts his name on there. And he puts Brain and Jar on the second line and the third line, Slippery Dwarf. And in the Vetchids area, he puts in Goblin Parts and hands it back. Oh, thank you. Oh, Goblin Parts. Was that, was that just a... They're spare parts. Goblin Parts are universal so anybody who needs new parts gets goblin parts okay thank you very much mr uh crud jr uh mr doctor oh yes yeah, sorry you can't read your handwriting uh mr um Injar, <laughs> have a good day uh mr oh yes mr dwarf have a wonderful day um enjoy satcon if you're going um so what, what i've been told by a lot of the other people around here if you didn't know is that there's some sort of competition going on um, over at SatCon where I'm not even sure what the what the prize is, but uh, everyone's been really excited about it. Um, but yeah, there's some competition for whoever brings the best new technology. So definitely sounds interesting, and I I'm I'm staying away from it personally. There's going to be a lot of a lot of weird noises. I think. Uh, Boltzmann has been biting his phantom tongue, uh, letting Dr. Crud handle the paperwork since he has learned his lesson. Um, <laughs> I think if Dr. Boltzmann was going to fill out a list of all the inventions that he had on him, we'd probably still be here this time next week. So, yeah, probably probably better that way. <laughs> yes, uh, but at the mention of this, uh, this uh, contest, he pipes up and says, What? There's a contest at Satcon? This is new. And uh, turns to uh, Furious and uh, 
Dr. Crowder says, We must win this contest. Quickly, think of the best idea you can. I never got around to uh, creating that 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 uh, that portable dwarf throwing uh, device that we talked about at the end of uh, our adventure a little while ago with the with the giant worm. So, I mean, I personally, I think that'd be an awesome little bit of kit that we could we could pull together. But uh, I don't know if that's a if that's a competition winning entry or not. A portable dwarf throwing device is uh, certainly interesting, but I, I can construct one for you in a jiffy. Furious, but I'm not sure if it will win the competition indeed. Shouldn't we think bigger? Something reality-altering? Well, we can think on that when we're past the gate. We, we we don't need to take up this gentleman's time anymore. Yes. Tell me everything you know. It doesn't seem like... You, where do we find more information about this contest? Well, just uh, follow the follow the queue. I think everyone's going. Uh, it's down by the dock, so they've taken over this old uh, disused railway station. Uh, for the mm. whole event, so I'm sure you'll find it. It's not going to be tricky, trust me. Indeed. Is it kill? Yeah! <laughs> I teleport to the ducks. <laughs> On my way, sir. <laughs> and Ezekiel starts trotting off as the, the guard lets you go. Uh, so, yeah, you follow the uh, trail of other carriages as they um, work their way over towards the docks area. Um, to yeah, an old disused uh, railway uh, station, uh, which has been completely decked out uh, with banners that say SAT on them, and you know they say like "Welcome to Satcon" and with the year on it, whichever year we're currently on. I don't, I never really know. Mm. Um, but yeah, you uh, you park your um, your wagon up, um, and there's a there's a valet there, like. Um, um, they take the the horse keys, and they're like, "Is there anything I should know about this um, uh, this horse?" Just you know, and the horse and Ezekiel says, "Well, uh, uh, I don't really like small talk. You don't need to talk to this horse because uh, it knows everything there is to know in existence already." <laughs> um, the youth who's taking the keys um, turns like Blanche White, and it's like. Oh, okay. And let you <laughs> let you walk off. Um in the distance, Boltzmann, um, you can see like the tower that you remember you used to live in, and you look wistfully at it, and also slightly grudgingly, you're like, Oh someone's taken over my life. Boltzmann is, is reflecting on this because in a in a lot of ways his life has gotten better since since he left your show. Uh He's uh, for all the <laughs> for all his behavior. Uh, people in in Nikimoy haven't been turned into enemies as much as the people in Jishop have. Maybe it's because uh, he hasn't been there that long. But uh, he uh, looks at Furious and Doctor Crun and is at least glad that um, two fire-breathing kittens were willing to join him on this adventure, whereas he completely isolated himself by the time of his uh, death, his fake death in uh, in Jishope. In, in uh, but then he uh, thinks to himself, I need to get my act together. Uh, what invention could win this this competition? How about, uh, how about a banana that you can use to communicate over long distances? Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, we already got rocks that do that. Uh, yes. How about a light that erases your memory 
Ah, uh, I've already invented that one. Would you like me to erase your memory, Dr. Grunt? Uh, no, I don't need that. <laughs> I could even incept memories. So hard to make something new and exciting. Um, how about a uh, giant hand that can come from the sky and uh, pip volcanoes like a zit to create new landmasses and solve the overpopulation problem? I've never well, seen anything like that before, that's for sure. Wouldn't solving the oh, the population problem be better if you just use that giant hand to squish people? <laughs> ah, a giant hand to squish people. Now we are getting somewhere, but we're not quite there yet. See, what will we attach the hand to? For to squish squish people, we need some sort of momentum. <laughs> yeah, and to plug up for volcanoes, you still need momentum anyway. And we need to be able to build this within the next what was it start thirty minutes? Indeed. Yes. Continue to think of something. Let me see if there are any of my former enemies around here. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of them. What about a device that you can attach to an animal and they speak? Hmm. Quite interesting. But how about they can only speak honestly and uh, give you your give you their opinion about how you look? It will be very useful for people who are... Uh, Curious about what they look like to other animals, because frankly, if and you narcissists. Just, <laughs> if you give animals the ability to speak like that, they just talk about uh, about food and sex and uh, being afraid for their lives. It's not that interesting. No, I was thinking as far as I've as far as, far as I've found out, any animal that uh, uh, has anything worth saying. In this in this land, they seem to be able to work out how to start speaking for themselves. I mean, Isakul, look at him, for example. <laughs> well, he's mechanical. He don't count. Uh, he was originally oh. a, a, a live blood horse, an actual. Uh, but he's been uh, upgraded mechanically. All right, let me I mean, let me think. Let me I, think. I, uh, I, I I I can't imagine anybody else has seen anything like Isakul. And if Isakul is uh, is one of your adventures, how about we enter? Is a cool as the uh, as the uh, in in the contest? I mean, a horse, a talking horse of infinite power and infinite knowledge that can teleport anywhere. That's a that's a, that's a mighty impressive invention, if you ask me. Well, thank you, thank you, Furious. I uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, it is the quintessential idea of a horse. Yes, we could uh, we could enter Ezekiel into the competition. Well, that's only if it's okay with Ezekiel. He he's been tired of you making him do stuff. I ask him, and he he seems much more uh, okay with doing stuff instead of being ordered around. So we need to at least ask him. Consent consent is important in these situations. But the good the good thing for Isakul is all he's got to do is stand there and uh, you know look look infinite. It's uh, certainly a possibility. Now I'm thinking of any upgrades because just like that, I guess he is a god horse. He's got he's a horse with the power of a god, but they all the uses of a horse. It's pretty <laughs> how can, useful how in can itself. You upgrade <laughs> a horse of infinite knowledge and power. Where's where? <laughs> how can you how can you multiply his <laughs> his infinitesimality? That's surely is impossible by making him. By making him able to self-replicate. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the kind of way I always imagined the apocalypse would begin. 
Ah, yes, yes, indeed. I will outfit him with uh, the ability to uh, reproduce asexually uh, just by eating a small amount of cookies. Well, just the same cookie over and over. (laughs) And how about this? (laughs) Indeed, because there's a a time aspect. Uh, Every time that uh, he reproduces, the new horse that comes out has doubled in power because infinite Infinity cannot be exceeded, but it can be doubled. <laughs> the M looks. Uh... <laughs> uh, a little bit tired. <laughs> uh, what's what's going on at this fair, DM? Okay. Um, so keeping uh, Ezekiel in the back of your mind for the time being. You can definitely go and grab him whenever you want. Um, you go through the front doors uh, of this old disused train station, but it has been completely transformed for SATCON, which of course stands for Sufficiently Advanced Technologies Convention. Um, every wall is lined with like banners which advertise SATCON and like certain commercial partners so of like um like jewelers in jishop and like transport companies and occasional mafia related um goings on you know so some of them like in kifasti have started to like advertise for some reason who really knows um but tables line the entire space um with People having their own like certain booths. It's very much like going to like Comic Con or something, but everything is like making like weird noises or lighting up, or there are certain flashes and bangs coming off from certain directions, and it smells, especially to you, crud, very very confusing. There's a lot going on there. Um, at the top end, you do see a stage with a podium on, um, like right at the front of that, um, with. Once again, banners welcoming everyone to SATCON. No one's standing at, uh, there at the moment, but there is a uh, an announcement that happens pretty much as soon as you like narratively conveniently enter the uh, convention area, which says, Keynote speech will begin in 10 minutes. Repeat, keynote speech by the caviars will begin in 10 minutes time. Mm. These are not true caviars, or I'm not the true caviar. Either is true, but it needs to be sorted out. All right, so we got 10 minutes until they get on stage. Do you want to try to go backstage, see if we can intercept them, and maybe, you know, figure out what's going on? Maybe uh, you could take over? Yes. If you are the real caviar? Yes, indeed. Let's do that. That's... uh... Go backstage and see what's going on there. Okay, you start um, making your way through the convention space. It is very, very busy, in fact. Um, Furious, you have absolutely no trouble getting through the crowd, so you're a very greasy dwarf. You can just slide on through. Uh, Crud, (laughs) however, um, you have a bit more of an issue. Make me a, let's say, an athletics check just to get through the crowd. Um, Boltzmann can follow in your wake. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Okay, that is going to be a 16 plus 15. So that's a 31. 31. 
Wonderful. Well, no one else there is quite as tall or wide as you are, so <laughs> I think everyone will... Everyone's trying to, like, defend their own, like, inventions, so they're like, they, they see a big elephant coming their direction, they're going to be like, I'm going to try and stay away from this person. Um, however, Boltzmann, as you follow Crud uh, through the crowd, you're, you're scanning, like, every single uh, booth you come across and you definitely see like start to see a lot of like the like inventions you've had like notes for in the back of your like in your brain you're like i'm swear i thought of that or like i definitely remember writing that down four and a half years ago on the 8th of may mm. at 12 47 precisely gentlemen i will have you know that i was the one to start this very convention but I did not expect it to continue after my death. I want to have a legacy which honors me. It seems, it seems that things have continued here as if I never left at all. It seems as if my brain was left behind here, but also traveled to Nicomoy. So maybe you're not the real caviar. I am sure that I am... A real giant brain with all the memories of Stanwood Caviar. But I also know that it's easy to uh, implant my own memories. I uh, I do it all the time. If I want to go on a vacation, I just uh, cast a modify memory spell on myself. And I uh, add in a nice long uh, two weeks on a tropical island. So could it be possible that you screwed with your brain so much that you don't know what the hell's going on with you? Ah, Dr. Crud, anything is possible. The question is, what is real? Let's go backstage and find out. Perhaps that... Perhaps there's a copy of my brain somewhere back there. Perhaps I'm the copy of this brain. In which case, I must say that I've far surpassed whatever I was before. I uh, dare say I must be one of the most intelligent creatures in the multiverse by now. And I don't think anybody will be able to outsmart me, so... Let's go back there and engage in a battle of wits. All right, let's disguise ourselves. Does that sound good? Um, sure, well, I've, I've, dis I'm going to disguise myself as a small, greasy dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm disguised as a big elephant. You're disguised as a brain in the jar. I mean, everybody's already seen this. If we throw on a disguise now, it's going to be kind of like, uh, we already saw you. Uh, to get backstage, though, but uh, I agree. I think our, our appearances are impressive enough. Let's just let's just wing it. And I, may, I head may, to the area of the stage. Maybe if you rub off that moustache, then people won't recognise you anymore. <laughs> what moustache? Or in fact, here, here, come here, come here. Let me just draw a beard on, on, on underneath it. There you are. You're a completely different brain in the jar. Yeah. Thank you, Furious. Shall we? Uh, shall we go ahead? Let's go backstage. Oh, I haven't stopped. The momentum of uh, an eight-foot oxidon is yeah, a little bit difficult, difficult to condemn with. <laughs> uh, you continue making your way uh, towards the the front um, of the convention area where the stage is. Um, as you get there, though, um, wanting to go backstage, there is like everyone is also starting to make their way over um, as um, the keynote speech is about to start. Um, and, you know, a hush comes along the crowd as you start to try and st sidle your way over towards what you can see is the backstage area 
Um, but just before you can get there, a woman walks out from that area onto the stage um, to rapturous applause from the onlookers. And Boltzmann, you recognize this person as your sister. Um, so she is a, well, I, I wouldn't dare take, um, take ownership of this. So um, would you like to describe what your sister looks like? Um, a child with caviar is a, a 65-year-old lady who looks uh, very stately, tall, she's got uh, glasses, uh, hair in a bun, and uh, uh, a pantsuit that fits her very well. Okay, yeah, she walks out, um, Charwick. She walks out onto the stage, everyone's uh, clapping and cheering, and she raises her hands to quieten down the, the cheers. She stands at the podium, and uh, she's, she speaks to the crowd and says, Ladies, gentlemen, and beings of no specific gender, welcome to this very special SatCon. And everyone clear, cheers and claps, and because... Everyone knows scientific conventions can get rowdy. So she continues. As I'm, sh as I'm sure you've heard, my brother, the amazing Stanwood Caviar, long thought dead, has returned to us alive and well only a few days ago, and I am absolutely thrilled to announce that he is with us here today. That's why we've put this whole convention together at such short notice and we've in decided to include a little competition for all of you to take part in. But why am I telling you? Why should I explain this when there's someone I know you've all been dying to see? And she looks off to the side and says, Stanwood, why don't you come out here and talk to your fans? And Boltzmann, a very, very familiar looking person, to you uh, walks out onto the stage and um, the other two you've you've seen this person like once or twice before For, uh, most recently in the newspaper you saw only a few um, actually maybe about an hour beforehand realistically so Boltzmann what does your human self look like apart from the moustache obviously does he uh, have all his bones or not he is walking unaided and looks in the peak of physical health. Mm. Uh, Stanward Caviar is a 65-year-old uh, barrel-chested human uh, with a large handlebar mustache, wears a monocle, uh, got a big mane of white hair, dressed in a, in a three-piece suit, and I don't know what kind of contraptions he is carrying... But uh, he hasn't looked this this well in in many years, for sure. Uh, he does walk with a cane, but as you watch him walking, you get the idea it's more for show than anything else. Because as, as you yourself will know, a cane can hide a huge variety of different weapons and utilities. So you're pretty confident that he's just carrying that to a show off, and b have like some sort of defensive capabilities should he need it. But he walks up to the stage um, and everyone is clapping and cheering once again. And he clears his throat. Dr. Crud turns around and draws a uh, monocle on Boltzmann before turning around and pays attention again. <laughs> uh, Stanwood Caviar clears his throat and, and says, Thank you everyone for your welcome. 
as you know, I've been away these past two years, traveling the world and discovering new realms of thought that were previously thought impossible. I've also had the opportunity to look inside myself and come to terms with the person I used to be, and to all the people that I hurt with my ambition, my greed, and my compulsion to be the best, I humbly apologize. This moment marks a turning point for me, and for the future of sufficiently advanced technologies, and I am proud to say that I truly feel more human than ever before. That's why all you fantastic people are here. I have a new venture that I'm looking to embark upon as soon as possible, and I need a new mind to help me along, to be my, well, our partner in all this. That is the prize on offer for this scientific achievement, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be on the cutting edge of scientific advancement. The showcase will begin in one hour, so get your exhibitions ready. And he walks off backstage to riotous applause. Uh, now Boltzmann, Boltzmann is uh, fuming. <laughs> I'm sure you are. This imposter is doing a better job at being me than I am. Something is very wrong here. Well, maybe that just cements that you're the imposter. Regardless of what I am, Dr. Crud, something has been done involving me against my knowledge. And whether I have done it to myself or other nefarious uh, inventors are at play, we need to get to the bottom of this. Why don't I remember anything happening here? Why do I not remember sending messages to you two? Why is that person on stage me, but more sympathetic and better looking? This is very upsetting. Well, let's just continue going backstage and go ask him. Ah. Uh. Dr. Crud, if you knew myself as well as I know myself, you would know that that is a bad idea. I can be very volatile and unpredictable. If we go to him, then uh, we should get the drop on him, kidnap him, and get out of there as quickly as possible. All right, Ooh. well, let's go get him. Well, how, how, one second, one second. How, how, about, how about your sister? I mean, that was your sister up there on the stage, wasn't it? Well, yes, I can only presume so, unless she has been duplicated as well. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Furious Johnson just hangs his head in his hands and says, oh, I just give <laughs> up. I just give up. These well, people. You want to go kidnap them both? I always up for good kidnapping. Absolutely. I say well, we, I say we do the sister first. If, 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 if uh, Stanwood is, is, is likely to, is, if he's going to be the sort of volatile sort, then let's at least go and have a chat to the sister first. She won't recognize any of us. I've got a funny feeling Stanwood might be, uh, if he is some kind of imposter, then he's probably expecting some representation of the uh, of the brain that he knows escaped his previous body. I, I, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if it was Stan who actually sent the messages and we went to Boltzmann thinking it was Stan and then we were actually supposed to go to Stan instead of Boltzmann. And maybe Stan is the one we who wants us in the first place. Whoa. How does Stan know who I am? I don't like it when strange villainous scientists know things about me when I don't know about well, we them. Don't, we, we don't know he's strange or villainous yet. And we are FBK. Everybody knows FBK and who FBK is. So here's what I, I think we should do. 
Boltzmann, you go get set up with Ezekiel. Furious and I will go to stand with the stones and say, did you call for us? This voice sounds awful lot like you. And we will, we can, we can do that. Hmm. All right. This sounds like a plan, Dr. Crud, but uh, to make sure that we remain in contact, I will establish a telepathic bond between us so that as soon as the hits the fan, so to speak, I can see many fans around here and uh, I would not want any to hit any of them. You can contact me and I will teleport right over there. In the meanwhile, I will set up Ezekiel and give him a, give him a few upgrades. And just ask him before you do it. Remember, I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten the trust of him by asking and not demanding. So ask him, please. All right, Dr. Crud, fine. I will ask Ezekiel if he is all right with being upgraded. Uh, to uh... And put on display. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think about a um, a mayonnaise squirter on the side or different condiments? Could be very useful if you uh, teleport into a, a place which has many snacks but no condiments. Whatever floats your brain. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm thinking of some things. I will go set up with Ezekiel. Again, notify me as soon as possible when you know more about this situation. And we will get this fake Stanwood out of here. Or at least secondary, if he isn't fake. Boltzmann will get set or- up with Ezekiel. Okay. Um let's follow Boltzmann <laughs> for a little bit. Let's let's do that first. Um you wheel yourself back out of the um convention area, once again looking at everyone else's um inventions as you go, con like convinced yeah. that you've already thought of all this before. I'm gonna uh cast a detect thought spell and uh kinda like uh, pick up some surface, some surface thoughts of the people here who have these inventions that remind me very, uh, very much of my own inventions to see uh, where they think they got the ideas from. Is this all a sham or what's going on? Um, there's a range of different thoughts. Um, so a, a lot of different voices um, burrow into your mind, or you burrow into lots of different minds at the same time. Um, a lot of these people are fully aware that they did not like necessarily come up with the idea of these technologies, but they, you know, they think they've like developed them further enough to qualify as a new thing. So you know how you know, like creatively, they're like nothing is new, like per se. You just you know, develop things to the point where they're effectively different. It's basically like that. So like they've taken like uh, one of your old inventions, say let's say, um, oof, um, I want to say it's something the banana that, blaster, the banana blaster. Yeah, something that blasts bananas. So they've upgraded it so it can do more than just bananas. It can do like plantains and uh, pineapples and papayas and peaches. They've really stuck on the P thing for some reason. <laughs> Boltzmann shakes his head and says, why would you bother with secondary fruits? They call it a pea shooter. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, I'm going to get uh, 
set up somewhere and still start working on uh, Ezekiel. I'll think of some upgrades in a second. And uh, if there's yeah. anybody standing next to me, I will make uh, Boltzmann is a giant brain. He's he's able. He's very good at multitasking. He's got thirty intelligence <laughs> now. Uh, so I will make conversation with uh, whoever's standing next to me while reading their minds and working on uh, uh, the uh, time horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the guy next to you um, introduce. Uh, let's say he's a. Uh, let's say he's a satyr like your good friend Tanninger. Um The satyr is working on um, hammering what seems to just be a stool, um, and also like taking some magical readings. He's like uh, holding a um, a stone over it, which is faintly glowing and humming. And he says, "Oh, good to meet you. Uh, ma, you what you're working on there, yeah." Um, uh, it's a big horse. Yes, it is, uh, an almighty horse that I, uh, can't travel anywhere in space. I'm thinking of, uh, upgrading it in different dimensions. Perhaps you can travel to different realities, different points in time. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's quite complicated, isn't it? So, where did you, uh, get your idea? Oh, well, um, I mean, way back, way back, um... Like a couple, maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, actually, um, it was this this place sufficiently advanced technologies. They were um, selling these patents for old uh, old inventions, and uh, you know, for for real cheap money, you know. So I just bought one. Uh, this this one, in fact, the store, and I've just been uh, working on it ever since. And let me let me just tell you what tell you what it's all about. So my name is Simon Simon Stoolwitz. Um, my company is called uh, Stoolwitz Witty Stools. Um, and so, well, the the genius of this particular stool um, is that when you sit on it, it shouts your weight. <laughs> Boltzmann uh, sends a telepathic message, and they've been using my inventions for the good of humanity rather than profiteering off it. How dare they? This is my intellectual property. And uh, as he is thinking that, he nods and says, Aha! Aha! Yes, very useful. That way uh, you uh, won't need to take time out of your day to to weigh yourself on a scale. You can uh, do multiple things at once and you can know how much you weigh while working. It's a genius idea. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm having like w- one little issue with uh, some of this stuff. Some of the uh, magic eludes me a bit. Um, see, what the main issue is that, um, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just show you. And they uh, hop aboard. Well, they <laughs> they leap aboard. It's a satyr <laughs> after all. Um, they mirthfully leap um, <laughs> aboard this stool, and it just um, it glows briefly, and it uh, the stool shouts out. 23 avocados. Yes. So as you can see, the main issue is that it doesn't actually provide your weight in anything helpful. What do you so mean? Let me, let me do, well, let me, let, me, let me do it again. Uh, gets off the stool and gets back on again and goes, 67 mice. So, this, you know, it doesn't do it in like actual weights and measures. It just tells you what it's equivalent to. This is is more than useful because weights and measures are an abstraction of the real world already. This way you can actually compare yourself to actual existing ideas. Listen, what you are missing here is the component to integrate the knowledge of, of mice and avocados into your brain 
while you sit in it. You need a neural link. And Boltzmann starts uh, tinkering on this uh, this stool. <laughs> okay. Um, Here, I mean, now plug seems... this into your nostrils okay. and then try it again. Oh, okay. Um, hang on. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to sit on it now. And uh, when they sit on the stool again, it says, two children or 0.75 adults. Well, that's actually kind of useful. Wow. Yeah, I understand that. Oh, you're pretty. No, nobody knows how much a kilogram weighs because it's not a thing that actually exists. Oh, but I see what you mean children, now. I understand. Adults, mice, avocados. Yes, yes. You're welcome. Bosman has been like working on Ezekiel and the <laughs> his other arm. He's like an extendo <laughs> arm. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, Ezekiel's like um, just chatting to well not chatting is like talking to the wall well literally the wall you're, you're sat up in the corner and you just go oh well i'm just glad i'm not getting taken apart this time it's uh one of these days you know there was one time they put on my hooves in the wrong order when he was trying to break a, a sudoku record and it went very badly wrong. I started trying to walk <laughs> off in the opposite directions, and it all went badly wrong. Uh, and the wall says back, uh, do, do you mind, sir? I'm trying to be useful here. Just a random talking wall. Who knows? Yes, I've upgraded my horse with the ability to talk to walls. <laughs> Accidentally. That's, well, that's what happens when you're concentrating on something else. <laughs> I feel so sorry for that horse. <laughs> By the way, uh, Ezekiel, do you uh, do you agree to uh, be upgraded in uh, means that are beyond your comprehension at this time? Well, as long as you know we can put them back if if absolutely needs be. I mean, you know, I'm not doing anything else at the moment, and this supply of cookies you provided is really quite tasty. Indeed, it's all the so same I cookie, hope- but. I hope nothing random and untoward happens um, once I finish digesting them. That would be a complete nightmare. No, no, don't you worry about that. Anyway, uh, while you're sorting that out and uh, tweaking certain parts of Ezekiel's anatomy, uh, we will zoom right over to Dr. Crud III and Furious as you are trying to get backstage, correct? Yep, indeed we are. Okay. Okay, um, you head... Right towards the backstage area, you know where it is, it's quite easy to spot. There's a big sign that says backstage. However, uh, stood in front of uh, the door to the backstage, there are two large orc guards who um, don't really like letting people backstage. Hello. Two ways we can deal with this, Dr. Crud, what are you thinking? Uh, Well, we show them the stone, say we've been summoned, and if they don't like it, we hit them over the head with the stone. I'm on board. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah we walk right up to them we have been summoned by the caviars see uh, stone yep uh one of the orcs holds out uh their frankly enormous hand and takes the stone from you inspects it and goes oh seems to be in order yes good all good think and the orc next to him says Gerald, why are you speaking that way? Me have ice cream headache. <laughs> yes, well, we're not supposed to be eating on the job, are we, Gerald? 
Me sorry is long shift. It's quite all right. I won't tell anyone, but let's let these nice people pass, shall we? It seems to be rather important that we let them through. We wouldn't want to let um, Sir and Madam Caviar uh, wait longer than they need to, correct? Okay. Me need go lie down for a bit. I, I can help you with that. I can install a ice cream brain drain if you so wish. What that? Well, uh, there's going to be a little spigot that goes into your head. So whenever you eat too much ice cream, the extra coldness just goes right out. That sounds very useful. Me get ice cream headache a lot. You want one? Yes. Dr. Crud will pull out of his bag a copper pipe, take out a hammer, and just go to town. <laughs> okay, uh, Crud, roll me a medicine check. <laughs> no, I was hoping you'd ask. Okay, uh, 17 plus 16 is 30, whatever. 33, yeah. Okay, you uh, expertly, <laughs> as if you've done this a hundred times before, hammer a little copper pipe into this orc's skull. It's quite a thick skull, but you managed to do it. Um, and after a moment, the uh, the orc's face like unscrews itself, um, like looking at you clearly for the first time. and goes, oh, I do apologize. Uh, my, my brain has been... Um, rather, rather taken up by these, this foul ice cream. It's actually rather tasty. That's why I've eaten far too much. But, but yes, this will be very useful indeed. I'm so glad I ran into you. But yes, you must. You may go inside. I'm sure. Sure, the caviars will be delighted to see you. And they open the door to let you in. Thank you very much. While this has been going on, Furious Johnson has run off to the food hall and uh, has come back with a wheelbarrow full of ice cream and uh, a shovel uh, and says to Dr. Crud III, you better be thinking you're doing that to me uh, uh, as well, by the way. <laughs> I've, I've got some ice cream to be eaten. Oh, absolutely. I will be happy to do that for you. Awesome. Okay, get that medicine check again. <laughs> if it's a one, you kill your friend. I know, but I have advantage on any medicine check, so that helps. You get two ones. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. That's a 12 and an 18, so I'm going to take the 18 plus 16. That's even better 34. than I did here. Yeah, well, the uh, orcs. You improve as you go, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Furious, you now have this um, ice cream headache defensive device installed in your head. Furious dives bodily into the wheelbarrow and just inhales <laughs> all of the ice cream in a, in a moment of un absolute unbridled joy and glory. <laughs> Uh, just out of interest, Furious, which flavour did you go for? Uh, mint chocolate chip every time. Oh, is that right? Interesting. I Dr. To Crud will grab the wheelbarrow and just wheel him in to the backstage. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you can see is two two hobnail boots and one hand sticking out the side of this mountain of ice cream. There's no 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 actual sign of a dwarf beyond that. <laughs> okay, um, you walk into that the backstage area. It's fairly... Uh, fairly small. There is a table. There's a couple of chairs and a sofa. Uh, you can see the back of Stanwa's head as he um, appears to be like uh, doing some writing and some like mental arithmetic. Um, however, uh, Charwig looks up as you enter, and she says, "What are you doing in here? We didn't, we didn't ask for any guests. The autograph sessions until later." And um, the voice from the chair, um, Stanwood, says, Nonsense, nonsense, Charwig, I always have time for my fans. And he uh, turns his head and looks over and goes, Ah, Dr. Crud's furious. Good, you got my message. 
Yes, we did. How can we help you? Well, it's a rather complicated story, actually. I've, <laughs> as you can see, I've recently come into possession of my old body, and I get the feeling that there may, may be um, an imposter running around, claiming to be me. What does this imposter look like? Well, it would look like my old, old body, the brain in the jar. All right. Uh, yeah, yes, Furious? Well, no, Fur- Furious is, is suffering slightly because although he's just <laughs> eaten, eaten enough ice cream to give himself a headache and he, he thought he had the solution for it and now he's, now he's trying to work out if, if the pain in his head is caused by the ice cream <laughs> and, and Dr. Crud's little device isn't working... Or is it just these goddamn scientists and their goddamn complicated storyline <laughs> plot twisting madness? He can't, he can't, he can't help it anymore. He he just wants to kick someone in the shins and be done with it. Okay, uh, we yeah, stay in. He please, please. If, you can call me Boltzmann if you really want. I don't mind. It, it, it's fine, Stan. Yeah. Um, the last I saw of you, it was as Boltzmann. When, per chance, did you get your body back? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Um, I have absolutely no memory of um, anything past. It was, oh, do you remember moving day? Vividly. Yes, yes, it was moving day. And I'd set up my little um, house of horrors for you to sneak around in. And um, you broke into my my study and um, shot me in the head. Well, I guess all of me is head, but you shot you shot my brain out of my jar. That's the last thing I remember before yep. waking up here. All right, so, huh? Where is the time, Crud? So, where has it gone? W- well, see, here's the thing: there seems to be two of you then, because I have what? a boltsman who remembers what happened afterwards and remembers that event. And then I have a Stan who remembers that event and then nothing until what, two days ago, approximately two days ago, maybe three, but I have, I'm, this must be an imposter then. Well, how about, I, I don't know. Will you can say it to a physical examination so I could see whether you're actually real or not. Only to certain parts. My brain is off limits. Well, I'm not going to crack open your head. That's just rude. Well, you cracked open my head once before. What's stopping you from doing it again? Well, at that point in time, you were hurt trying to hurt us. So it was, you know, turnabout's fair play. Oh, This I is was, just a medical I? examination. And, and it yeah. wasn't exactly a head you cracked open. It was a, a jar. Very different thing. Yeah. Well, Dr. Crud here has taken uh, the Hippocratic Oath. He would never damage an actual human, well, damage. He would never deliberately damage an actual human skull. <laughs> well, what is a skull but a uh, a, a jar made of bone? Mm. <laughs> Look, I will not crack open your head, but we it, it, let's do a physical examination. Make see if maybe you're just a like a shapeshifter or a clone or something. Maybe you know you're just bullshitting us. My good sir, I am certain I am not a shapeshifter. Well, I know what shapeshifter parts look like. Well, do what your must, but my sister is. Absolutely also convinced that it is my own body. Van, lay down, and let's get started. Okay, do what you must, but once again, the brain is off limits. That's fine. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Grid will do the physical <laughs> examination. 
Okay, uh, let's have another medicine check from you. Uh, highest is a 15 plus 16, so a 31. Okay, this is a 65-year-old human. Um, all the bones are there, so you think that's a good thing. Um, his moustache looks quite neatly trimmed. It's had some oil put in it quite recently, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's looking quite shiny. Uh, the monocle has been scrubbed recently, but otherwise it seems to be a perfectly healthy 65-year-old human. Uh, Dr. Crud, Dr. Crud, now... If I remember rightly, this is this is uh, supposed to be the twin sister Chadwick Charwick, the twin sister Charwick. Here. How about some kind of uh, some kind of relationship kinship test? Let's make sure they really are physically biologically connected. Could you do that? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's up to the voice in the sky. Well, I, I gl- I'd gladly allow it if you tell me how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> if I tell you how I do it, okay. Um. Uh, how would a fantasy doctor do this? <laughs> Let me look at something real quick. I'm assuming the concept of DNA doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't exist in the in this particular plane of existence. But I do have biological weakness. Since they are twins, I should be ident- be able to identify a weakness in both of the biologies that are the exact same. Okay. Well, you know they're not like identical twins, right? <laughs> no, but they're paternal. So that, that's why they could be male and female, yeah. but there should be, they're, they're sharing a very close set of genes. So it's one person's weakness should be the others. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say like, uh, in, instead of like um, trying to find like a proper weakness, weakness, uh, we'll go for a different type of weakness um, in that like you can, you can definitely spot certain similarities in their like the facial structure. So they have like the exact same nose. Um, for example, and they have like very similar chins, and their eyes are like the exact same color. Um, and like the nose, especially, is actually f- uh, fairly bulbous, so they're both going to be a bit <laughs> um, <laughs> embarrassed about the size of their noses. So we'll call that a weakness. <laughs> well, they got the same nose. See, that one is big and bulbous, and that one is also big and bulbous. Uh, they, both hi- they, they both hide their noses and look go a bit red. <laughs> Dr. Crud, everybody's got small noses, right? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, Dr. Crud's is five feet long, comparatively speaking. <laughs> well, these people's noses are six feet long. <laughs> All right, well, does that answer your question, Furious? They do seem to be related. <laughs> I mean, if 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 he was a uh, if he was a true shapeshifter, then he'd be. You'd assume he'd be skilled enough to to, to replicate the body, and they'd they'd always going to look physically related. How about some kind of allergy check, Ch- Charwick? Are you uh, are you allergic to anything? Uh, well, peanuts. Peanuts. I just happen yeah. to have a bag of peanuts on me here. Uh, I Stanwood. would rather rather avoid uh, triggering that if I if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, we do have a convention to run, and the showcases in oh um five minutes well, time you don't you don't need to worry dr crud the third here is an is a is a superb doctor I, I'm, I'm sure he has medicine that can deal with anaphylactic shock treatment in 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 an absolute jiffy so stanwood do us a favor eat a couple of these peanuts and let's see if you have the same uh same allergies as your sister <laughs> <laughs> 
that'll just help us really believe what you're saying. And if, if, you, if you want us to believe you, I think you should go ahead and do it. My friend, I would gladly answer any questions you have about my past, our shared past that you may throw at me. I would rather not risk my body once again for the sake of uh, backing up whatever thoughts you have. Simply ask your questions and have done with it. I've only just returned to my body. I would rather not destroy it once more. I'd have to agree with him because the anaphylactic shock, even if you get medical treatment right away, you could still die. Okay. Okay. I, I bow to the great knowledge of my uh, my good doctor friend here. So what are we trying? Let, 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 so, so Furious says, Doctor Crud, come on. Let's let's just have a quick, quick, quick word with each other off to the side here. He doesn't want to say say things in front of in front of these two. So, so what have we got here, Doctor Crud? We've got we've got our friend, Mister Boltzmann, who's out there upgrading Isakul the Wonder Horse. We've also got our friend, Mister Boltzmann, stood here in front of us, thinking he's been replaced inside his brain. They both seem to have exactly the same set of memories and knowledge and understanding of things. This this. This just can't possibly make sense. Why would there be two people of the same nature? We do know that this guy is the guy that um, is the guy that summoned us. Yes, we know that. We haven't asked him why he summoned us yet, have we? Uh, yeah, we did because he knows that there's an imposter around. The same oh. thing that Boltzmann. Well, let's just say Boltzmann. Okay, Boltzmann and Boltzmann is confusing. <laughs> we have Boltzmann and we have. Al or Stan. We have Stan and we have Boltzmann. Okay. Well, let's do that first of all. Second of all, we could just put them together and let them fight to the death and whoever wins is a real Boltzmann. (laughs) Now, this is a simple solution to a very, very complicated problem. And I am all on board with simple solutions. And then once the one's dead, we'll just take the body away. I'll bring it back to life. And then, you know, nobody actually died and we'll just tell the one that lost to get the hell out of here. They're fake. I mean, fair enough. We could, I'm sure, I'm sure if one of them, the, the, the loser would be convinced that he wasn't the real Boltzmann or, or Stanwood because neither of these guys, I think, could possibly believe they would lose to anyone other than themselves. Which has already been proven false because they did. <laughs> so, you know what? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. This is far too complicated a situation for my tiny dwarf brain to handle. <laughs> Uh, at this stage, hate- uh, at this stage, uh, a voice comes over the tannoy in the convention um, hall, which says, "Ladies and gentlemen of the convention, the showcase of inventions is about to begin. Please, everyone, make your way to your respective booths, and our hosts, the caviars, will begin judging momentarily." And um. Stanwood sits up from his uh, spot and says, Well, I guess we're all done here. I must go and begin uh, the judging process. Uh, one more question, Stan, if, you, if you, you'd indulge me. Yes, of course, my friend. Would you just be willing to work with the other, with Boltzmann? You know, the two of you are apparently of the same brain. Why can't you just, like, get along? Put it this way, Crud, if uh, if some person came along claiming to be you, would you want to work with them? What nefarious purpose could they have for pretending to be you? I have no idea. But, you know, you keep your friends close. 
but your imposter's closer. My dear Dr. Crud III, that is by far the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, trust me, I, I've, I've heard us more stupid things than that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've said most of them myself. All right, well, look, we know exactly where the imposter is, whether it's going to be you or it's going to be Boltzmann. So we got to figure it out. What do you want done? Well, for the time being, we, me, my sister and I, we need to begin the judging process. We have a, a, a winner to crown. All right, well, just go ahead and choose my horse. Well, <laughs> if only it was that simple, my friend. Science waits for no man. And if one of these... These fine inventors over here have created something better than a horse. Then I'm sure we can, we have to be fair. That's, that's what I'm saying about this. All right, that's fine. We'll go along with you and you can describe every single adventure on the way. <laughs> I will do, I'm sure. <laughs> In your head, the telepathic bond activates and you hear Boltzmann ask, Well, gentlemen, how's it going? Did you find... The imposter. Well, we're still trying to decide whether it's you or Stan. So you're just going to just he, the judging's about to start. You just hang out. What? What did he tell you? Well, I need a disguise. This, <laughs> he told us the exact same thing you told us. Ah, and it seems I can only be one. I will prepare for battle. <laughs> a fight to the death it is. That was my first idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will see how all this pans out in the third part of this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. We've all had quite a lot to think of, and I need to go and get some water. I'm not sure how Boltzmann talks like that all the time. It is tiring. <laughs> Speaking of, joining us once again were Boltzmann. There can be only one, and whether it's me or that other... Boltzmann, I suppose, decides which the true one is. And Furious Johnson. Oh, I'd take ice cream <laughs> brain freeze over this situation every single time. And Dr. Crud the Third. Bets are now open for Stan versus Boltzmann. Taking all bets. 50 to 1. We will see you in a moment. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Okay, coolio. Okay, let's get let's get rolling. Third third quarter. No, that's a different thing. Third third. <laughs> third third. 
Why does no one play any sports in like thirds? It'd be so much better. Be- because it's weird. It's yeah, not divisible by two. It would and? be more dramatic, the three acts. Yeah, three acts. It's more dramatic. <laughs> Beginning and middle and always... Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like the se- second act would always end badly, and then they can... Uh, <laughs> like every good trilogy. Third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a power in three that sports doesn't seem to get. <laughs> Welcome back to the third and final part of... This episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Thank you for sticking with us. We are in a bit of a sticky situation, but who's in this sticky, slippery situation? Why? It's Furious Johnson. Hi, it is pretty, pretty sticky, but I'm feeling pretty slippery. I think we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to slip ourselves right through this one somehow. I should hope so. Also, along for the ride, we have Dr. Crud the Third. Bets are now closed. I repeat, bets are now closed. And we have Stanwood Caviar. Oh, wait, sorry. Boltzmann. Boltzmann, the one true Boltzmann and the only Boltzmann there is. As far as you know. Anyway, Boltzmann, would you mind just giving us a quick recap of the second, second third of this wily, zany adventure? Indeed. We uh, arrived at Setcon, a... uh, technological marvel of a convention where all the inventors, artificers, and wizards get to showcase their newest work. And uh, there we saw my sister Charwick Caviar get up on stage along with my old buddy. And uh, after some quick deliberation between the three of us, we agreed that uh, I, Boltzmann, would go and attend to a stand to present... Ezekiel, the horse of infinite power, to the to the jury of this competition, uh, because it's it's important to win no matter what you're doing, and at the same time, uh, Dr. Crud the Third and Furious Johnson went to seek out my original body, since apparently it was he who had summoned them, and now I, Boltzmann, might not know this, but. They know that this Stanwood Caviar has all the memories that I do up until the events of Moving Day where my brain was surgically removed from its jar and uh, has asked them to seek out the imposter, which can only be me. Now we will see what happens in this last third. It's all very dramatic, isn't it? Yes, we will pick up um, as... Uh, the showcase of inventions is about to begin. Uh, so what's going on, Boltzmann, um, with like, everyone else is they'll pick up their adventures. Some are wheeling like carts with their big heavy machineries on. Um, some have just picked up tiny little uh, boxes with like whirring mechanisms. And they're all making their way towards the front uh, where the stage is. And they're all just queuing up patiently um, and some of the event personnel have set up um, uh, like a small uh, judges table um, where you will see um, from a distance your sister and that imposter uh, make their way over to sit behind the the desk and also next to them uh, walking out from backstage you see your dear friends or uh, accomplices or uh, lackeys you may know them as uh, Furious and Dr. Crud. And yeah, everyone is starting to make their way over. 
How far away are they? Um, let's see. The, the room itself, let's call it oh, 50 meters. So transfer that into 150 feet. Okay. Um, Boltzmann at this point, um, he's, it seems... Yeah, I think he will just for the sake of it uh, cast a disguise self-spell to uh, make sure he doesn't look like his usual self to at least possibly get an element of surprise. Uh, so right now he's looking like a uh, barrel-chested dwarf in a in a wheelchair with broad shoulders and uh, long <laughs> arms. Grease or no grease? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, a, a quite uh, greasy dwarf that leaves a bit of a trail. <laughs> and... Um, he is also, as the other side of the coin, going to cast True Seeing as a sixth level spell and uh, has some little arms rub uh, diamond dust in his in his biological eyes, uh, which gives him the ability to see things as they actually are. Uh, gives me True Sight, the ability to see uh, secret doors hidden by magic, see into the ethereal plane, all out to a range of 120 feet. Okay. Uh, the ethereal plane at the moment is quite boring. Um, <laughs> it's full of ethereal birds, which are just tweeting uh, about the lack of trees. They're really frustrated. Damn ghost birds. Yeah. Where's the trees? Where are the trees? <laughs> <laughs> Another one's like, what's a tree? What's a tree? <laughs> Boltzmann has also put on uh, his crown of Palantis, uh, which takes the form of a solid golden cowboy hat and prevents anybody from uh, scrying on him or uh, telepathically intruding. Yes, okay. So are you just going to be uh, waiting in the queue, waiting for your, your turn to present Ezekiel the Wonder Horse with many new modifications? Uh, yes, uh, we'll see what happens when they come within 120 feet. Okay, um, as you well stand in the queue, it's... Um, slowly making uh, your way over uh, because you know the other the imposter you and your sister have started judging um the the other uh, inventions so they've been um so simon with his um stool is just in front of you in the queues looking quite nervous but excited um you see the person who has the, the pea shooter um walk up and demonstrate throwing some uh, papayas across the room, which, which hit another uh, invention, which starts um, shooting fireworks into the air. <laughs> um, so it's all very chaotic, but you kind of like, you're you're having a good time just watching everyone else fail at science. Uh, but as you get within the range of your true seeing, you. So what, uh, what like does it look like to your brain eyes? Do you get like kind of effectively X-ray vision, or does it just like do you just have like shimmers around objects if they don't look right? Um, I can see in normal magical darkness. I can see invisible invisible creatures and objects. Uh, detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them automatically. And okay, perceive okay. the original form of a of a shape changer or a creature that is transformed by magic. Okay. So this is, so you stare intently at what you are convinced is your imposter, and you see a 65-year-old human with a moustache and a monocle who 
to anyone else would definitely seem to be the living form of stammered caviar, bones and everything intact. To you, it looks like a 65-year-old human with a moustache and a monocle who seems to be the exact form of stammered caviar, bones intact. But still, you're convinced he's an imposter. Hmm. At this point, Boltzmann will also inject a serum into his brain, uh, known as, uh, I think, Sindhu's fermented uh, beetroot or something, which, which uh, gives him the abilities to summon 10-foot-long astral limbs that hit the true uh, self of somebody rather than their physical being. So I could theoretically punch this other Boltzmann in the soul, should it be necessary, <laughs> over the next hour. <laughs> Punch him in the soul. <laughs> That's what he said. Wow. <laughs> oh, wizards, man. All right. Um, furious Dr. Crud III, uh, you are stood uh, just off to the side, uh, waiting for what you think will be, you know, your brain in the jar to wheel himself up. Um, eventually, you see uh, Ezekiel the Wonder Horse, accompanied by... Uh, a greasy dwarf in a wheelchair, who I think you would know would be uh, Boltzmann, just essentially just because of Ezekiel and also because he's staring daggers at uh, Stanwood. Uh, Furious nudges Dr. Crud in the ribs and say, I know my greased up dwarfs, and that is no greased up dwarf that I've ever seen before. I'm pretty sure that's our friend <laughs> Boltzmann in there. Furious, Furious oh, yeah, feels he... re really clever and, and proud of himself for his, uh, his, his level of insight that he's just shared. <laughs> Dr. Crud pats Furious on the head. Yeah, you got it, buddy. 100%. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Stan, this is Boltzmann. Boltzmann, this is Stan. Oh. Um, a telepathic bond. Dr. Crud, are you blowing my cover? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. So, you're this imposter who's... Boltzmann drops, drops the illusion. Ah, yes, you're the imposter who's come to unfurl your nefarious scheme. Or you could be the imposter unfurling your nefarious scheme. Indeed. There's one way to rule this out. I will cast uh, Dispel Magic on this other Boltzmann. See if that does anything. If if I'm allowed to, or uh, should we roll initiative before any of that happens? <laughs> uh, no, I'll I'll allow you to... Get off a, a dispel magic before throwing down. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do it like the effective um, <laughs> <laughs> gauntlet slap. <laughs> so you cast dispel magic, and um, the spell washes over him, and he like remains unchanged, but stands up. He goes, "You dare disrespect my honor, sir? Disrespect your honor? I just proved your authenticity. If you are a true." Boltzmann, you would do the same to me so I can prove mine. Well, I would gladly do so. <laughs> and he cast a spell magic on you. <laughs> now the question is... Uh, uh, okay, let me just double check uh, dispel magic because you have to spe like specify one effect, right? Um, I think you can uh, put it on a person and all the spells that are uh, in effect on them will... Uh, you can make a check for all of them. Uh, which means you could uh, make a check for both the true sight and for the telepathic link that I have up. 
Yeah. Does your golden cowboy hat not uh, not negate any of that no. dispel magic? Not that, no. Okay. Uh, all right. So DC 10 plus the spell's level. Okay. Um, Spellcasting ability. <laughs> Just looking at Boltzmann's spellcasting ability. Okay. Uh, you've got a plus insane. <laughs> 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 Plus insane, plus proficiency. So you got a plus sixteen. I want to say to. I don't think you get uh, proficiency to this to just an intelligence check, but it's still a plus ten. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that'll do. I rolled, uh, actually two tens. So so your um, telepathic links just get cut off. You stop hearing everyone, and uh, what was the other thing? True sight. And your true sight goes, but you don't really notice any difference apart from a lack of strain on your uh, magical functions. Uh, so Stan would well, say... Well, well, well. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> you have magical potential after all. But the question is, is it as great as the magic of the true Boltzmann? Well, I would say I am the true Boltzmann, so my magic is greater. But how can you know for sure? Because I know. If you were me, if you were me, you would question this fact. But the, at least the thing with me is I have the ability to feel things in my bones. Oh, oh, we don't need to get personal here. Clone. If Hey, Fierce, this is getting good. <laughs> I maintain you are the Just... clone, but things are definitely personal in the sense that we are both claiming to be the same person. How could I be a clone when I do not have a biological body? Well, you always seem to occupy my brain. That's the most important part of the body. Ah, you might have this body, but you will never have this brain. I will teleport it to the very edge of the multiverse before I give it to you with this here horse of infinite power, which now also leaves a trail of whatever condiment you can think of. Boltzmann has used the... uh, uh, Magical beverage from uh, the tomb where it happens, <laughs> and extended this uh, to uh, condiments. So that now uh, Ezekiel the Time Horse is constantly excreting uh, a magical uh, oh. sauce that tastes like uh, whatever you want it to, <laughs> and uh, leaves a trail of that whenever he jumps into another dimension. Poor horse. Well, sir, it appears we are at an ideological and magical impasse. I maintain I am the true Boltzmann. If you, an imposter, claim otherwise, then there are certain ways to go about it. Indeed. I suppose there's many ways this situation could have come about, many of which uh, we have ruled out by dispelling each other and seeing through illusions. It might be the work of a god, but... It might also be a clone whose memories were implanted by somebody very close to me. The question is, who had access to my brain when it was out of my jar? Yo. Dr. Krat III, what do you know of this happenstance? I would be most interested to find out too. I put your brain outside because you were banned from the city for one day. So, technically, everybody had access. 
Furious is, uh, is, 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 is still challenged by the complexity of the situation. But he doesn't like the look of Boltzmann's sister. He hasn't ever liked the look of Boltzmann's sister. Something just smells fishy about this woman. What, um, Boltzmann, can you do your true sight thing? Have you, have you checked your sister? Have you, have you done any kind, of, any kind of check on her at all? It's worked on everybody within a 120 feet radius, so I did see her while I was active. DM, was there any kind of anything we should have been aware of? Uh, no, no. To Boltzmann, um, she looked like his sister. I mean, a bit older than he remembers, but he has been gone two years. Uh, how is the crowd reacting to this uh, turn of events? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the. Um, the people who have already been and been judged, they're standing behind Crud and Furious, mostly just taking bets from Crud mm-hmm. <laughs> about you know how this is going to play out. Uh, the ones behind you in the line, Boltzmann, are getting quite impatient. So there are a couple <laughs> of shouts of, Get on with it! All right, well, there's one way to find out whether your brain is truly my brain. Because it was mutated by phase spider eggs and glows blue. <laughs> Let's crack open that skull, shall we? And see who here has been mutated. I think not, sir. My brain is sacrosanct. Sacro what? <laughs> My brain is the most important thing in this universe, and I would not have it touched by the likes of some imposter. Uh, the imposter wouldn't be touching it. It would be the doctor. <laughs> Crud, you know I trust you. We've been on so many adventures together. However, my brain is too important to me, and you've already taken it out once. Yeah, but, you know, you deserve that. (laughs) Something is going on with this Boltzmann's brain. Or is it the thing that's going on with your Boltzmann's brain? Can you honestly (laughs) say that the words you've just spouted about spider eggs are the words of a sane being? Oh, so you do not remember the fate spider eggs? Oh, I remember them. I just think there's something wrong with yours. Delusions. Well, there's a lot wrong with his. There's a lot wrong with both of you, quite frankly. I'm learning this more and more as every minute passes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Boltzmann, if you are who you say you are, then you would not doubt yourself when it comes to... Proving your identity, and that means you would volunteer for a brain surgery so that we may inspect your brain and see whether it is indeed yours and mine. And I will cast a suggestion with that. <laughs> the wisdom save. Okay, hang on. Let me just... Mm. You know, he was very adamant that I did not touch his brain earlier. So he was. Um, Stanwood is going to cast Counterspell. I will counterspell's counterspell. (laughs) (laughs) The mirror each other's movements. Uh, What level is he going to cast it at? Uh, I guess, yeah, what level is he going to cast it at? Well, let's go for seventh level. Seventh level, okay. I will cast it at regular third level. I rolled a 17 plus 10 is 27 to beat his counterspell. (laughs) Which means uh, he's now subject subject to the suggestion of uh, having to prove... I mean, wanted also, to prove I did, his true identity. I'm, I mean, it's still subject to the wisdom saving throw, correct? Yes, yep. exactly. Which is a DC 24. Okay, well, never mind. Oh, Jesus. 
Dr. Crud pulls out his bone saw. So am I doing this or what? <laughs> Just have a quick look-see, Dr. Crud, and then we can sew him right back up. Stan, is that okay with you? If, my dear friend, Dr. Crud III, I'm sure if this imposter is anything like myself, you would know that science requires a second opinion. And so if I am to go on the operating table, then he too must consent to go under. All right, but you do realize we could see his brain right through that little <laughs> fish tank. <laughs> I mean, I cut into his brain too. That's fine. Because as we know, magic is one thing, but science is far superior. So the science will get to the bottom of this, I'm sure. But my counterpart must agree to come under with me so we can get to the bottom of this. All right, I will agree to this so that we can clinically ascertain the superiority of my brain over yours. Or mine over yours. Or mine over yours. Or mine over yours. <laughs> Dr. Crud uh, sedates them both. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dr. Crud. <laughs> I always liked you. Uh, meanwhile, the people behind <laughs> Boltzmann in the queue are like, what happens now? Well, now I'm going to cut into both the brains and compare them. And, uh, Everybody's going to either have to pay me 50 gold per ticket to watch or get the hell out. Furious rummages around in his pockets for 50 gold <laughs> because he's definitely no, no, staying to watch this. <laughs> Furious, you're my nurse. You're exempt. Oh, oh good, good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Furious doesn't have any money in his pockets anyway. He doesn't really have that. Yeah. His, his pockets are a bit limited. <laughs> Um, Charwig uh, pipes up at this point and says, ah, yeah, I mean, if, if you must, but does it have to be here? I mean, it's a, looks around, it's disused railway station. Do we not have anything slightly more clinical available to us? Uh, yep, I have a full hospital right in my wagon. Well, that is serendipitous indeed. I'm sure uh, whatever's going on with these two, we would gladly... Um, Gladly investigate ourselves. Um, let me just call over um, the our manservant to get get um, Stanwood's body moved. Oh, it's fine. Hey, Ezekiel, go get my carriage. Bring it over here, please. On my way. Uh, it, what do you know? What this trail is behind me? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> oh. Crowd, why do you get me into these situations? Well, I told him to ask you. It's very delicious is what it is. I told him to ask you for permission. Did you give your permission? I was distracted by the cookies. Oh, so, okay. You know he what? He said something well, about something and I lost my attention. I'll tell you what. I'll see if I can do a little rewiring while I'm in there. See if maybe I can uptick his uh, ask for permission from now on? Would that make you feel better? I couldn't possibly say, but hopefully the issue with being, at, you know, contacted by your creator, they know how to push your buttons. In my case, literally. <laughs> All right. So can you go get the carriage? 
Right away, sir. Thank you, Ezekiel. I love you. Okay. A custom message cantrip abducted the crowd the third as we enter the <laughs> garage, which I presume is going to be soon, and say, uh, Dr. Crud, do not sedate my brain. I need to be conscious for this operation in case this other Boltman pulls unexpected tricks. But I already sedated you both. Uh, and then I don't say anything. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> I think you said it in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. In this dream, oh. Uh, I, this oh oh oh, I did uh, take the uh, the fermented beetroot, <laughs> which uh, possibly allows my my uh, my spirit, my soul, to extend out. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think I'm just fast asleep right now, right? DM. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's see how this goes. I think we'll call it unconscious for the sake of, but uh, the other one is as well. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, Ezekiel um, trots off to go and fetch your um, magical moving menagerie of malpractice. I'm just going to keep getting that, getting it longer and longer every time. Um, but meanwhile, Dr. Crud has um, never been charged with malpractice. <laughs> well, it's counter suits, isn't it? Keep him off his back. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, um, Charwig um, uh, rings a bell, and um, from a different uh, door backstage comes a very old-looking um, man, very kind of wizened, very um, faded, balding hair, um, kind of bent bent over a little bit, very kind of like bad posture, uh, wearing a a, um, a very smart, if dusty, suit. Yes. Yes. What is it you wish, Madam Caviar? She says, um, Langley, would you mind awfully? We have um, a, a small situation. Um, my brother and this brain have somehow agreed to be um, uh, sedated and their brains inspected. Um, I'm <laughs> it's a bit of a strange situation, but um, would you mind dragging um, or... Taking my brother into this ah here it is this um this this carriage I I believe uh, this elephant man is um got some sort of field hospital in there and he says right away madam oh my back oh <laughs> starts trying to drag the unconscious form of Stanwood um towards the the carriage kind of go oh oh my spine oh oh. <laughs> Dr. Kurt gives him a uh, an injection right in the spine for with painkiller. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I haven't felt this way in 40 years. Oh, oh, I feel like I could take on the world. They'll say, Langley, they'll say, you look like a new man. Enjoy. But then I notice my hair is still awful. Anyway. Just calm it. Just calm it. Oh, 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 ah, yes. Anyways, sorry. Must take take my master into the into this here wagon. Yeah, just pick any bed. There's like thirty of them. Just pick one. Okay. Yeah. He um puts um Stanwood in uh one of the beds, and uh Boltzmann gets placed in the next bed along. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Dr. Cone will just grab Boltzmann by the leg and just drag him <laughs> right up the steps and, and, and then just flop him into the bed. Beerus Johnson comes out of the back washroom in uh, full full nurse's outfit, including stockings, <laughs> suspenders, <laughs> PVC skirt, and one of those little dinky hats and says to Dr. Crud the Third, uh, Dr. Crud, I think you need to increase the range of your uniforms you have back here. These are these are clearly not designed and built for, for, for the dwarfen types. Yeah, usually I don't have dwarves as nurses. As a matter of fact, you are my very first nurse, so I didn't know what to stock back there. I mean, I think I look particularly fetching, but it's not what I would typically oh, wear. you look beautiful and pink. Peter <laughs> Johnson does a coquettish little curtsy. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right. All right yeah, you want to go see if there's anybody at the door that's wanting to pay 50 gold to get in here? I will do that. That's a job for, that's a job for Furious. <laughs> okay, let's and have then a Dr. look. F- Furious yeah. heads to the front door and actually starts actively trying to round up and sell people. Roll up, roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen. Come and see, come and see a brain amputation and comparison session. Only 50 gold. It's uh, the kind of thing you scientific nut jobs would absolutely love to get your get your eyeballs on, I'm sure. Oh, there is uh, no issue with that. There are 55 people looking to queue up to this. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to grab some more, just make me a either persuasion or performance check. Let me see. Persuasion or performance. Um <laughs> I mean, oh, as a monk, there's probably not a lot on. Yeah, three. No, I, I have um, I have level sixteen character. Oh, I went I went all in on the charisma. Um, oh, okay. Well, uh, that's that's an eleven. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, as tempting as the offer of watching a, a surgery by a, a greasy dwarf in a ill-fitting nurse's costume is. Um, you managed to get an extra few, so let's round it up to sixty people who are who are looking in. Furious Johnson manages to uncover the three slightly deranged pervert scientists that are in the crowd that really enjoy seeing a dwarf dressed up in in a, in yeah, a kinky there's a, there's a certain outfit. type. Yeah, they're, they're there's for always you, a few. The there's surgery. always a few. Yeah, you get a couple of sending stone numbers. <laughs> okay, um, Doctor Crud. You have, oh, are we ready for this? I think we're ready for this. You have one Stanwood caviar on operating table. You have one Boltzmann on another. How does this work? Well, first thing Dr. Crud's going to do is he's going to open up the fish tank, take out Boltzmann, and put Boltzmann on a scale. And then he's going to take out his bone saw and saw the top of Stan's head off. <laughs> okay, um... When when you when you, when you take uh, Boltzmann's uh, brain out of the jar, um, a voice uh, comes from uh, behind you and just goes, "Hey, hey, you can you can use this." And um, Simon from earlier runs forward and places a stool down, <laughs> uh, so that um, when you place the the brain on, it just shouts, ten pasties." <laughs> All right, now we know that Boltzmann weighs ten potsies. And then Dr. Crud will remove <laughs> Boltzmann and put him back on the, ta- on the table next to the jar. And then, yep, we'll go back to sawing off Stan's, top of Stan's head. Okay. But let's see. Yeah, we'll call that a medicine check. I'd say that it's medicine if you're trying not to murder him. Oh, there's no murder involved here. Oh, that's pretty low. Um, 
or is there? That's a 24. Oh. Okay, let me just roll quick. I, I, I rolled a 7 and an 8. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Luckily, training and the fact that you've sawed off quite a lot of skulls in your own time <laughs> is fine. That, um, the top of, oh, the, the top of uh, Stanwood's head, um, as you like, saw through it, does like roll off the table and just onto the floor, and it starts just rolling around. You know, like when you drop a like a a plastic bowl and it just goes makes that noise. I meant to do that. <laughs> I, I was testing the roundness of the top of his head just to make sure that it was had the right roundness to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's some muttering in the crowd um, at the entrance, and they just start passing like bags of gold in between each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are starting to take bets as well. This is a very like Remember, gambling, you owe- gambling savvy science convention, isn't it? Dr. Chris says, everybody, you all owe me a piece of the fig. This is, I am the official bet taker. <laughs> and, and then Dr. Crud removes the brain and weighs it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the stool says, five big pies. <laughs> uh, uh, five big pies. And it was... What was the other one, nurse? Ten, ten pasties. It was ten pasties, Doctor Crud. Okay. Um, is that comparable? I I think that's comparable for me. Ten ten big pies, two pasties, <laughs> two pasties per big pie. It kind of depends what they've got inside them, but I'm assuming they're both steak and kidney. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. They 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 absolutely weigh the same, so that's good. Uh, all right. Uh, are they both glowing blue? Um. Boltzmann's is, uh, Stanwood's is not. All right, we have our first discrepancy. Stan is not blue. Interesting. Uh, at, uh, Crud and Furious, roll me an Arcana check. God. <laughs> that is not something I'm good at. You never know, you might know. Um, <laughs> 13. Well, I mean, I was, I was going to ask which side the dot on the dice means up or down, but... Given that my um, <laughs> given my Arcana check is minus one, whether it's six or nine, I don't, I don't think it's going to be successful. Okay. I knew I should have created a sim- simulacrum of myself to help with this uh, <laughs> investigation. Okay, Kroz, uh, I will just give you a little bit of um, info on the discrepancy in between the glowing brains, because you've known Boltzmann a long time um, at this point. And you've seen his brain start to, you know, glow more and more the more like modifications he makes to his own like biology. So with the spider legs and the mm-hmm. every every little thing like magical he does to his own like brain and um it just starts to glow more and more and more. Whereas you figure that maybe this, you know, new body hasn't necessarily done quite as much magic manipulation as the the brain in the jar. I'll just leave that there for you. Well, well Stan is more meaty, so maybe less bluey. But you know what? Let's cut into them and we'll compare the neural pathways. Um, Furious is nodding, <laughs> by the way. Furious <laughs> just stares wide-eyed and and slightly scared about 
what's currently happening to his good friend Dr. Crud's brain. I think the, I think the limits of medical science are, are starting to get to him a little bit. But um, hey, he's the doctor, and I'm just the nurse. So I'm not here to mine. Mine is not to reason why, Dr. Crud. You 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 go ahead. I think Furious at the moment is still trying to go. Uh, so five big pies. <laughs> Ten pasties, <laughs> if they were what? Uh, regular pasties, and yeah, I think so. He's got into a deep medical, metaphysical debate with his own internal monologue about <laughs> what possible pies and possible pasties could and could not contain yeah. and, and how they may, may be compared between each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, by the by, um, just out of everything, for those listeners who may not know what a pasty is... <laughs> Furious, how would you describe a pasty? Well, so a pasty was uh, something uh, that old, that, that back in the day, Cornish miners developed so they could carry their own packed lunch down into the coal mines without having to actually cook or, uh, or do anything. And interestingly enough, the original Cornish pasty was used to be split into two halves, one savoury half and one sweet half. So the, the miners could have both a, a main course and a dessert when they were down there. But it's, uh, it's essentially a... a I don't know how would you describe it? Some kind of a sort of a, a, a giant pastry dumpling with uh, uh, some hot meaty contents, and uh, 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 it's very tasty. Actually, very tasty. If you ever go to Cornwall, uh, you should have one and enjoy them. So you're seeing the level of pasty knowledge Furious is like struggling with. It's like so. Is it like potatoes, beef, or oh, what if it's half sweet, half savoury, like the old days? What if it's all sweet and they're just insane? Exactly. In this day and age, it might even be vegan of some description. The, 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 permu- the possible pasty permutations are, are, are <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> That's a lot of peas. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a couple of pasties in the pea shooter, maybe. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, cutting open brains. Yes. Dr. Crud, make me a very critical <laughs> medicine check. <laughs> oh, yeah. We like that sound. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, good. That's a 19 plus 16. 35. Okay, good. Good, good, good. That could have gone so badly wrong for so many people. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Advantage. (laughs) You could have killed two Boltzmann in one go. (laughs) (laughs) You would have to choose which one to resurrect. I, I can resurrect one. That is true. <laughs> okay, so you start cutting um, into brains. Um, see, um, you begin cutting into Stanwood's brain first, because he's, he's the, like, the new, less glowy one, so you think it'll probably be, it's, be a bit simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, you've cut into quite a lot of brains in your time. <laughs> I've cut into a lot of things. Yeah. Of all different races and beings you've cut into the brains of. And but this, this time you were asked to do it. This time you were asked to do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crud is not evil, damn it! <laughs> uh, this brain, as best you can tell, is definitely a very complex brain. There's a lot of grey matter in there. However, one thing you do notice as you... Um, make your way past the different layers of uh, cerebral gunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love what we went with this solution. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> 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 uh, 
you seem to notice that there definitely seems to be like a pattern that keeps repeating on itself in terms of like the shape of certain sections of the brain. It's like this brain was um, manufactured. Not quite, ma- it sort of manufactures, sort of like almost grown. So like you see like a certain shape and it's like almost been flipped on one side to grow another bit and flipped on another to grow a bit. So it's kind of like uh, worked its way into being a full brain, but uh, has definitely like uh, been, you know, grown in some form. Okay. Furious Johnson peers under Dr. Crud the Third's arms and say, do they always have the same sort of pretty patterns in as, as this one does? This one's a little off. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, cutting into uh, Boltzmann's brain, the, the big blue glowy one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would we what would we find in Boltzmann's <laughs> actual brain? <laughs> I do not um, want to know. I actually don't want to know. <laughs> uh, you start like <laughs> making your way through these layers, and there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Like there are a couple of um, old, like <laughs> maybe some crisps or chips, <laughs> as you would call them. Um, it's definitely a certain <laughs> level of like food uh, stuck in there somewhere. Maybe some um, old like pencils or um there's there's one bit where you like peel back a layer and like, a voice just says get out, get away <laughs> get out of my house <laughs> yeah i don't think you're supposed to be in there but i'm just gonna leave you because i don't care <laughs> um but as you um get a bit closer and close like down and down and down um over towards um like the central Let's say prefrontal cortex, because that, because that's the bit of the brain I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you notice a particular spot in the brain which appears to be missing, and comparing the two, this shape that is missing lines up suspiciously well with the pattern that keeps repeating in Stanwood's brain, and you will remember Crud specifically, you, Crud. Um, about that day, moving day, where you shot a crossbow bolt into Boltzmann's brain and uh, stuck it against the wall, uh, casting your memory back to that one day and you know calculating for trajectories and all that jazz, this would have been more or less the same spot your crossbow bolt hit him. All right, Furious, come here. Furious, come here. Hey, hey. Uh, furious. Yeah, right. What? What? What's going on? So... You remember when I shot him through the brain with a crossbow? Uh, I heard the story um, <laughs> many times. Uh, yeah, Furious, even though you um, unfortunately weren't able to join for the um, moving day episode, uh, Boltzmann invited you round like a couple of days afterwards to look through the footage because even he found it really funny to watch. Because there, there was a lot of like <laughs> people falling into traps and beans getting stuck in quicksand and... <laughs> There was a lot of good footage in there. So I saw the I saw the crossbow shot. I, I saw the shot and saw where it hit. So I I know. Yeah. So you see this. You see, this is Boltzmann's brain. This is Boltzmann's brain on lack of hole. Oh, I see. So so, so that that bit of 
that brain has turned itself into the whole bit of this brain. Well, I don't think it turned itself there. I think somebody nefarious did it, mm. but they are both Boltzmann. Okay. So we, so there, there is a third party. There is a, another, another, another entity in this, in this equation somewhere. Yes. Now the question is, what are we doing? Do we want to put them both back the way they were? Hmm. Now, I, I think actually, actually, no, no, it's not even a question. Absolutely, we have to put them both back the way they were because we know Boltzmann has 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 professed his contentment with life in a jar. He seems to be enjoying the way that's working. He definitely likes his new body that way. So we have to bring him back. But at the same time, I don't think it'd be right to leave the clone. It is a clone. Is it a clone? It is a clone. Let less clone, more grown from it's not really a clone but it's not really a real boltzmann mm, so now i'm no master of ethics but i f- i do feel like we should at least give it a chance to come back and be in existence well, again I-, I was more thinking of putting boltzmann in his body and putting stan in boltzmann's body i think that's likely to upset boltzmann more than it's going to upset stan <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess I'll put them back in the in, in their original vessels. I am going to make that little adjustment I told Horsey that I was going to make on Boltzmann, so he'll ask for permission more. And <laughs> brilliant, mandatory programmed <laughs> consent checking. And then I'm going to stitch their brains closed. Sign, you know, I'm going to sign it, Doctor Crud the Third. They're both going to have my signature on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna pop them back together. And that's what Dr. Crud does. Okay. Furious writes Furious Johnson was here in felt tip pain on the inside of the uh <laughs> of the sliced off skull just before just before Crud puts it back on the <laughs> on the guy again. <laughs> okay, you two having signed your respective <laughs> body parts. <laughs> Um, Crud places uh, Boltzmann's brain back in his jar, hooks up all the necessary uh, wires and uh, tubes, and then places Stanwood's brain back in his body and sews up the cranial <laughs> incisions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can actually like magically heal them, probably, but but we're going for the scientific thing, so like. Yep, but Dr. So, Craig has no magic whatsoever. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Staple gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely the staple gun. So you staple his his skull back together again. <laughs> and uh, let's say, where's my D4s? Ah, there's one. Uh, three hours later, they both wake up. Um, oh, that takes too time. long. Dr. Dr. Crud stabs them both in the chest. Well, him in the brain, the other guy in the heart with adrenaline. <laughs> Three hours takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> ah, give me more of that. Whatever it was, Dr. Crud. Ooh, I feel good. Ready for battle. Now, which one of us is the true Boltzmann? Is Stan awake too? Uh, Yeah, he, he also sits up and goes, Ah, ah, ah. Oh, I feel, I feel ready for battle, though I do have a splitting headache. <laughs> what did you find in there? Did you find any gremlins? 
Yes. Uh, you, Baltzman, you have a visitor in there. Oh, I left it there because I don't know. Maybe it runs in the hamster wheel that you have in there. It, you know, <laughs> keeps you going or something. Uh, oh, but... this is just a, a very common problem. I uh, will uh, take care of it somehow. They they feed on good thoughts. They must be starving. <laughs> it's been eating all my good thoughts is what's happening. So right, what but... else did you find? I know exactly who the real Boltzmann is. Are you ready? Are you going to tell me or do I need to detect your thoughts? Drum roll, please, nurse. You both are. What? Ah, of course. Well, remember when I shot you in the in the brain? Mm-hmm. Well, the bit that got shot out didn't get put back in. I guess that accidentally got left behind and hmm, somebody took somebody took that bit and grew it out to be another boltzman uh-huh so biologically you're both boltzman the physical components of the clone spell is at least one cubic inch of flesh i uh, was thinking of cloning a new body for myself but not, i could not decide which which cubic inch of flesh to removed from my brain, but it seems that somebody else has decided for me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I turn toward uh, the other Boltzmann and I say, the question remains, who did the cloning and why? A voice calls from the shadows. He goes, that would be me. And out of a dark corner steps Mr. Langley. Your stalwart robot butler monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Boltzmann is nothing. uh, He's always very quick to (laughs) react, but now he is just standing there uh, with no reaction except a very slow swivel of his (laughs) brain tank (laughs) toward Mr. Langley in total shock. Mr. Langley? Yes, it's his true master. Um, it's not a nefarious thing, not in the slightest. It's I. For many months now, I've been worried about your mental well-being. All this magical manipulation of your own brain chemistry, adding the extra limbs. I was, I was perfectly content before working. Uh, working with you beforehand, but all this extra magic is seems to have driven you mad. And I Driven been... me mad? I am more powerful and greater than I've ever been before. Uh, my intelligence rivals that of any god in existence. You were outsmarted by a monkey. I would rethink that statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's a particularly smart monkey, though, to be fair to yeah. Mr. Langley. Yeah. It was merely an act of... Uh, well, I, I saw an opportunity and I took it. Once um, the good doctor here shot your brain out, I saw an opportunity to restore you to your old body and revert your brain to an unaltered form, the way it really should be. Because can't you see what you've done to your own brain is absolutely horrifying. I'm still processing the fact that you can speak. You've been able to this whole time. <laughs> well, you, you, you're so 
so infrequently pause for breath, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but I must say, it was actually a, a, a joint effort with myself and my counterpart here. And he um, gestures towards the human Langley. <gasps> the original Mr. Langley? How could you have done this to me? Stan, what, what do you have to say about this? I'm as shocked as you are. But, but that night, someone tried to kill us. Somebody did, somebody did indeed try to kill us. Um, the human Some Langley. mysterious figure. Uh, the Turned human, to uh, the human Mr. Langley. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, human, old, the ancient butler. Yeah. The human Mr. Langley says, Do you not remember, sirs, uh, that attack? You ordered it yourself. What? Do you not remember? I must have so erased he, my own memory. Yeah, you mess with your memory all the time. Remember, you'd said that. <laughs> ah, I never thought this would come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you don't have one. <laughs> this is the thing with scientists. Every time they think they're going to do something really, really clever, they never think it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. And then every single time, it's exactly the things that comes bite them in the ass. But pray tell, Mr. Langley, what did I erase? Well, that night two years ago, you said to me, you, sa you said, Langley, my body is finished. Only my brain remains, and I wish for it to remain safe. So I've constructed a, a receptacle for it, that it may remain safe. However, I want the world to think I'm dead. I want to cast suspicion on everyone who's ever tried to take my ideas. So what I want you to do is, in the middle of the night, I want you to attack me. Don't tell me when. It'll make it look better that way. You attack me, and I will retreat my brain into a receptacle and make my escape. Meanwhile, you attack my then-dead body, make it look completely ghoulish, and I will make my escape, and it will look to the rest of the world like I've been murdered but no one will be able to solve it. And that's it. Boltzmann looks dejected. Is it true? Am I my own worst enemy? Uh, Mr. L the robot Mr. Langley looks at you and goes, You always were, sir. I could have told you that. Boltzmann looks like he's re reflecting for the first time <laughs> in, in a long time. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yes, the, the issue with uh, the second... Stanwood caviar, and he looks over towards uh, the human version. The, the, that brain is, as you both well know, absolutely phenomenal, and it grew at a greater rate than either one of us could have possibly imagined. So while both of us were out, while I stayed with you and Nicomoy to keep an eye on you, where the human Langley stayed here to look after the... the Madam Caviar and the the second you, while he was out, the clone grew up quicker than we could possibly have imagined, and it escaped uh, with your memories from before that time and made its way back home. And we couldn't think of a way to talk to him about it, um, but he just acted of his own free will, called the the doctor and the greasy nurse over and well you know the rest 
I don't understand one thing. I have always been hated in my community, reviled and envied for my genius. How did this Stanwood Caviar become loved and popular with the same brain? I can answer that one. He treated people respectfully and decently. Indeed. Respectfully and decently. Perhaps this is what's been missing in my powerful brain. (laughs) Respect and decency. Langley, did you add it in? This other, this other Stanwood's brain? No, sir, I did not. Um, I suspect that maybe there are certain parts of your brain which have been overdeveloped and some underdeveloped, whereas giving this new brain a chance to grow um, separately has given it the ability to develop these these things. But there's no reason you can't develop these things by yourself, if a, you know, a, like a eight weeks old, trying to figure out the, the time difference in between now and moving day, if a two month old brain can manage to learn respect and decency, there's no reason that you can't develop those skills for your own. Indeed, since my power is near limitless, I could teach myself respect and decency, should I so choose. The question is, what do we do with this second Boltzmann? Well, I would quite like to remain living, if that's okay with you. Uh, I have quite a lot to process, as it turns out. If I am indeed a a scientific clone, then all my memories are not... Are they not real? No. No, they happen to me. They are. Hmm. Well, I am comfortable in my new life. Uh... I think maybe if you wish we could work together if you should so yes so choose it yes yes I was going to suggest I uh, use powerful magic to fuse our bodies together into a mechanoid human hybrid but I'm starting to realize perhaps uh, that would not be the solution to my own problems perhaps it not would just be uh, The most recent in a pattern that's uh, been harming everybody around me, it seems. Perhaps I should work on on, uh, respect and decency in in classical ways, whatever that may mean. It's okay. Or I could just go in and change it. Don't you have a weird compulsion to ask people things now? (laughs) Indeed I do, Dr. Grodd. But uh, I've already rewired it in my own brain to uh, get a weird compulsion to... uh... (laughs) Oh, I think he froze. Oh, oh I think we've lost. <laughs> oh, no. Bolt, Bolt, Boltzmann has frozen. Boltzmann has gone back. <laughs> he is so shocked time. by what just. I am. I know. He's he so the, shocked. The idea of. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, he's back. He froze for a moment. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> just just the, the idea of like trying to treat people with like respect. <laughs> Complete, literally gave him brain crashed. freeze even with even with Dr. Crud's little anti-freeze device still still gave him brain freeze yes Dr. Crud I don't think I need your help I'll use my awesome arcane power to accomplish the same effect in this moment Boltzmann will cast a wish spell <laughs> oh no oh no this can go so bad this could go so terribly uh, which is the mightiest spell a mortal creature can cast. 
by simply speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality in accord with your desires. There's a bunch of uh, things it can do. It can replicate any spell. It can uh, heal up to 20 creatures to full hit points and end all effects on them described in a greater restoration spell, but it might be able to achieve something beyond the scope of the above examples. State your wish to the DM as precisely as possible. Uh, the DM has great latitude in ruling what occurs in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater the likelihood that something goes wrong. <laughs> uh, the spell might simply fail. The effect might only partially be achieved, or you might suffer some unforeseen consequence as a, as a result of how you worded the wish. For example, wishing that a villain were dead might propel you forward in time to a period when that villain is no longer alive, effectively removing you from the game. <laughs> um, I think what's going to happen is Boltzmann is going to prepare this wish to uh, change his own uh, mental and metaphysical makeup uh, to uh, include respect and decency and... Um, at the last time, at, at the last moment before he starts, uh, he still already starts doing the incantations, but sto- stops and thinks to himself, is altering the very fabric of reality to become more decent really what a decent person would do? Perhaps I, uh, I need some more reflection. This seems to uh, have helped me. And he turns to Dr. Crud and Furious and says, I think that this new brain having spent time with the fire-breathing kittens, has learned the lessons that I have learned, but perhaps um, taken to it more easily, because it's more young and flexible. But these ideas are present in my own brain, and despite how powerful and old it is, might have become a little bit rigid. But there's no need for me to let that limit myself. If I want to be respectful and decent, I will try to do just that. And I would love for you to to uh, keep me in check should I falter in that regard, as you've done time and time again. So I would like to uh, thank you for accompanying me here. Furious walks up to, up to Mr. Boltzmann and uh, uh, pats him on the back of the jar a number of times and said... That's exactly what I think I wanted to hear from you, Mr. Boltzmann. That that shows that you've you've learned respect and dignity in in a, in in a better way than scientifically implanting it in your own brain. And I think we can all be we can all be happy and proud of of of, of, of the development we've seen in you this day. So you can you you can trust in me, Mr. Boltzmann. You you can always call me a friend, sir. Ian, if all else fails, I'll just change the chemical makeup of your brain. It's fine. <laughs> All right, thank you for the offer, Dr. Crud. And Stanwood, if you ever want to do like a little brain exchange or something, just, uh, you have my number. <laughs> well, I will. If I ever feel the the need to go back into the brain jar, then I will certainly let you know. But, yes, we, we also keep in contact, you and I. Uh, we can exchange ideas, and I think our, uh, our potential is greater together than working apart. Indeed. To think what uh, we could accomplish listening to one another instead of just talking ourselves. Yes. Now, the, per- the person we can work best with is perhaps ourself, but if there is an external <laughs> self, then maybe we can look at things from other perspectives. You know what they always say? We can keep ourselves in line. 
We can. You know what they say, two brains are better than one. <laughs> two brains are better than one. And uh, with that, I will shake Stanwood Caviar's hand, uh, which is a very weird sensation. <laughs> <laughs> so with a sensation for him as well, but he he shakes your hand uh, back, and as everyone looks on, I think that is the perfect place to end this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We've had quite a roller coaster of the last couple of hours. Um, if you like what you've listened to, we have a lot more episodes for you to go back and listen to. And next week's episode is the finale of the 2021 season. So that will be quite the spectacle to listen to. But joining us this week for the final time, can you believe it? It's been already been a year. We've had Furious Johnson. Cheers, everybody. It was a pleasure. Dr. Crud III. So with my brain surgery, does that mean I win the science contest? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Yay me. And Stanwood Caviar, best known to you and I as Boltzmann. I've got two brains now and also respect for humanity. <laughs> oh, guys, he's going to be even more insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Dan, did you know that there's a toilet with built-in speakers so that you can listen to music while you take a dump? You know what, Lou? I did. Okay, well, did you know that there's a conspiracy theory that the Titanic was actually a different ship and was sunk for the insurance money? Yep. Fine. What about the fact that there's a world record for the most amount of toilet seats broken with a human head? And it's 46. The reason I know all this is because we discuss these and more in the first few episodes of our new podcast, Casting Views. Subscribe, download and listen today and you'll know too. Tensions with Toby provides an unrehearsed, unedited masterpiece as he drives. Without knowing his topic till actual time of recording, his skills of one-take recording makes him stand out. Driving in the southeast part of Saskatchewan, his show is unmatched. So let's tune in and see what his topic is on Tensions with Toby.